Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed and my brother and I discovered the new Avatar, an airbender named Aang. And although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. Hey everyone, welcome to the Murderboard Podcast. I am your host, Zaria, and tonight I am joined with Walter. Hello. Solo. What's up, y'all? Joining us for the first time today, Sammy. Hi. And on this episode, we will be discussing Avatar The Last Airbender, the series, and then also The Last Airbender 2010. Spoiler warnings if for those who have not seen uh, e- either the show or the movie. All right, guys. Welcome back to the Murderboard Podcast. This is a bonus episode. I am so excited to have you guys here. We've been talking about this episode literally for two years. Um, I think the first time we brought it up. But Avatar, The Last Airbender. There's one thing I know is that everywhere I look, there's at least one fan of this series and of this franchise, and they also hate the movie, which is why <laughs> I was like, well, let me just lump them all together and see what happens. As Zarya said, we have a newcomer with us, so really, it's awesome to always include uh, new people into the podcast. So, Sammy, welcome to the Murder oh, Podcast. Hi. Hi. I'm excited to be here, honestly. I'm, I'm ready for this conversation. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I can't wait either. Okay, so to set everything up here, uh, yeah, like like we were saying, we've been talking about doing an Avatar The Last Airbender episode for like two years now. Um, I don't know if anyone remembers, but if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I do think the first time we brought it up was during the bloopers of our murder train story, which is where Hector uh, premiered and Solo as, uh, oh, Solo, you premiered on that one as well. Yeah, right? (laughs) Yep. All right. So when we, I first came on. Yeah, and we did that. I think in the bloopers, uh, somebody mentioned Avatar, and then just in background talk, you know, off air, we've been talking about it on and off. Twenty twenty was when that happened. Around the same time, uh, Zarya rewatched Korra, and that prompted me to rewatch Korra, and then that kind of created a chain of events. And I was like, okay, we're gonna do a whole lot of stuff with this podcast, and it became what it became. And I was like, we're definitely going to do Avatar The Last Airbender. Just give me a while to rewatch it. And (laughs) it did take me like six months to rewatch this series. (laughs) Just because I'm very slow and I watch a whole lot of stuff. So it just takes me a while. I literally finished the series not even like an hour and 30 minutes ago. Like watched the last episode. (laughs) Which is, to be fair, the last episode on streaming is an hour and 34 minutes. (laughs) And because they lumped all the parts together. So it it was very, not, it wasn't hard. It was pretty epic, but we'll get into all that. But yes, so Avatar The Last Airbender. Holy crap. I want to start off with just everyone giving their Avatar The Last Airbender uh, story, describing their relationship with the series and everything. So... Sammy, you are our guest tonight. You get to go first. Tell us and the audience your Avatar The Last Airbender story and what's your relationship with this series? 
Oh God, honestly, I think I think I watched it in like middle school. I was I was definitely one of those kids who didn't really talk to most people. I read like a lot of manga and books and stuff, watched a lot of anime. And I remember someone kept telling me to watch Avatar, and I put it off forever. But I was just really really bored, so I watched it, and it was peak. And then I was having a conversation with someone years later, and I couldn't remember details, so I rewatched it, and oh my god, I swear to God, I just appreciated it so much more the second time around. It was just fantastic. Uh, I, I honestly, it, I really do like it. I definitely get into conversations about it. I feel like I don't know as much as maybe you guys might about uh, some of the details and stuff, but I still, it's a really good show for me. All right. Definitely. Sounds great. Sounds great. That was, that was great. All right, uh, on to you, Solo. What's your story and your relationship with the series? Oh, man. I absolutely adore, love, and respect this series. I, It's it's nostalgia. It's it's childhood. It's like, I, it's something I've always just gone and rewatched or watched. Like it, I'm always watching it constantly. It's one of the shows I usually always put in the background if I don't have anything else. I hell I own all of all of Adla and Legend of Korra on fucking uh on Blu-ray. And what I really liked about the Blu-ray set is that the one that I got specifically came with a little like comic book which is like dual sided so it has two little stories on it. Little neat thing. Dude, are they like little side stories? Yeah little side stories. One is uh one is about Azula, and I think the other one was about Toph. All right. Can't remember. It's, it's been a minute, but those are great. All right. Uh, I, that's definitely on my bucket list. It's been sitting in my Amazon cart for, like, years now, just the Blu-ray of both. And, I, you know, I see it at Walmart. I'm like, one day I'm going to buy it. <laughs> one day. I, I want to hold me both in, uh, the entirety of both series. But, you know, we also have streaming, so it's kind of like, well, I can just play it anytime. All right, uh, on to the, I think the biggest fan of all of us, but Zarya, what is your Avatar The Last Airbender story and your relationship with the series? So when it first came out, like I have like a vague memory of watching like the first season as it was coming out. And then I remember clearly watching the second and third season. But the first time it like came out on like a streaming service, me and my little sister binged it. Like we would watch it together. We wouldn't. Uh, we wouldn't really like watch it without the other. And then, uh, like it was just like a bonding with us. Like uh, it was something that we both actually like to watch together. We talked about. And so, I've always loved the show. I've always loved. Well, liked. I always loved this show. And then, um, I don't know. It's because it, like the conversations that come up with watching it. Uh, with when I talk to it with other fans, it'd be like, I also like, I don't know, I guess I just really like how this show, like, just creates conversation and builds, like, bonds with people low-key because, like, everyone likes it for different reasons, and so when you talk about it with someone, it, like, brings you closer, so that, like, I have that appreciation for the show. But also, just the show itself, and the story that was being told, and, like, how um, like, all the different characters that we were introduced to and like like oh i just love this show i just love it all right all right see this is what it's all about guys i love when we can do these type of podcasts and just everyone gives their 
their love to something because usually we spend some time debating on if we like something or not. <laughs> so, oh Lord! It's <laughs> one of those rare episodes where we're all on the same page. Oh um, yeah, there's. It's either someone hasn't watched it or they love it. There's yeah. there's no in between. Joining us now, we have longtime podcast guest Hector. Hector, welcome back to the Murder Word Podcast, bud. It's a pleasure. So, um, if you want to go ahead and tell us and our audience what's your Avatar: The Last Airbender story and your relationship with the series, you know that's a that's a very good question because I'm I'm not even too sure myself. I just know that there I you know there was a a child named Hector and he started watching Avatar: The Last Airbender on Nickelodeon and really really liked it. And then they stopped airing it for a while, and then it came out on Netflix, and I was like, okay, well, you know, like this, this, I know, because when I was, uh, I, I don't even know how old I was. When did it come out? 2006? 2005, I believe. Uh, so I was seven or eight, and I really liked it. I really liked the show. But then it kind of like disappeared off the face of the planet, and that's chill. That's whatever. And then it made a comeback slightly or like people talked about it on the internet a lot and i was like yeah you know i did like that a lot and i and i think for a while i was anti legend of Korra, so i was avoiding watching the legend of Korra. Yeah. And- <laughs> she was <laughs> ugly <laughs> oh no <laughs> yeah because you know I, I was a purist i was a purist um but then i think i watched it for the for the first time during the pandemic, I want to say. Yeah, I think uh, I think I touched on that in 2020. Um, we all kind of collectively just went, okay, let's just check it out. You know, I still haven't checked it out. Really? I swear to God. I know. Uh, I've seen like little snippets of it, but I haven't just gotten to the level where I'm ready to watch it. I'm still like, uh, it could be bad. Like, I could not like it. Uh, I hmm. it's it's good it, it yeah. has its it has its ups and downs it's definitely not going to be as good as the original because nothing's going to ever be as good as the original that's just how it is with certain things uh but it's still a really good sequel and you get to see a lot more or you get to see a good bit more of certain cast members that are surviving on after Aang's passing and the new you know avatar cycle yeah. Uh, as well as it does bring in nice. some good elements, uh, and it brings in some teenage drama here and there, which <laughs> was not in uh, Avatar at all, which I thought was a pretty cool element to be added. A little bit of a newer time, um, and I, I like it, and I felt like I grew attached to it just because I was watching it whenever it was first coming back on Nickelodeon. Whenever they first, I remember the whole lead up to them like dropping it i remember them talking about it the animation them giving behind the scenes on it like so it, it's that's another part of nostalgia for me that's why i had to get both full um complete editions on fucking blu-ray because you see i ended up buying them too on dvd it's not blu-ray but i have them on dvd i said i heard it's like really frustrating and sort of hard to get into for like the first few episodes Okay, I'll um I'll give in. I guess I'll go ahead and give my hot take for the night. I think I prefer after watching Avatar: The Last Airbender, and I watch I rewatched Korra close recently enough, like a couple years ago. 
I think Avatar, like you were saying, Solo, nothing can beat the original. I honestly, and we'll get into it when we get into the show. I forgot just how I was, you know, I, I would text Zari and be like, I forgot, like, this was really, like, hitting me. Like, things are happening. And I'm like, ah, I'm feeling things again. But, but be being an, the adult that I am, and you guys know me, I think I prefer Korra or I relate to Korra a little bit more. Then I it's do. It's because there's teen drama in it. Is yeah, why. teen drama is kind of my bread and butter. But also, I do like the political <laughs> aspect of it, and I think Cora. Every every single time there's teen drama in something, you automatically fall in love with it. I I just I couldn't help. I think I think the characters are a lot better in the the original series, but overall as a series, I think Cora speaks to me. Just because I do like what she goes through and things that she is tasked with doing. I'll say this, like, in a nutshell, and I think I'll get into it later, but in a nutshell, Aang's story has a lot to do with morality, while Korra's story has a lot to do with ethics. And so me also being an X-Men fan, which is a series we're doing coming up, I relate a little bit more to what's ethically, what a person should ethically do and let alone more of, you know, what's morally okay. Like, you know, spoiler alert, yeah. but Aang figuring out how to stop Ozai is a good moment. Like, that is a good plot point. But I also kind of like, you know, what Korra does regarding the spirit world and how she handles that whole uh, I, plot line. I kind of like it, but at the same time, like, it's yeah. it gets to me because the Avatar is supposed to be the bridge between the spirit world and the real world and she kind of just completely destroys that bridge yeah on top of she loses all the past what? lives yeah, yeah. so okay we don't want to spoil it because sammy sammy hasn't watched it yet we don't want to fully go into it yeah, but sammy. oh my gosh <laughs> wow yeah, <dude. laughs> well, i mean the show is fucking eight years old at this point so. sammy, go watch it just go watch it just sammy. go i recommend so it Stop listening to other people's opinions and go watch it. That's that's about yeah. it. <laughs> once you get honestly, once you get past like the first half of season one, you're you're pretty good. Like I think season two and like my it, favorite. I, I think it it just gets yeah. better from like it's the the beginning part is a little bit slow and yeah. it's a little bit frustrating, but it's, it's because it's so jarring. It's it's a lot of recap and it's jarring to go from Aang to Korra because Korra is quite literally the exact opposite of ang a completely calm collected fucking monk like she is very headstrong prideful and headfirst onto everything she's like it's very it's shown that way from since she was a baby there's a theory about like why the like the avatars have like different personalities it's like the um I think the theory I forgot who said I forgot where I read it and where like who was like the original thought like person that thought this um but the theory had said that um, the Avatar's personality is what the past Avatar was lacking. Ooh, I love that. Yeah, honestly, yes. yeah, I've seen that before. Roku was head over heels, and love kind of blinded him, and so he kind of rushed things. And then Ang, he was literally stunted, <laughs> so he had to slowly learn things. And then Korra was she had to really get like paused. She had to really learn how to sit her ass down. So yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's move on here. 
I want to give my little quick uh, avatar story, and then I want to get into some of the fun stuff, which is our favorite things about the show. Uh, the show. So, first and foremost, I do remember the commercials for this back in 2005. Back in 2005, I lived in uh, Columbus, Ohio with my mom, who was pregnant at the time. She does the podcast sometimes. I also did an overview of this story when we did scary movies, so if you listen to that episode, you got it. But basically, I lived in Columbus, Ohio with my brother, my mom, and my soon-to-be sister who was still gestating in the in the stomach. Um, I remember the commercials. I remember specifically just them being like, here are, the, here are the bending styles and here's the martial art they're based after. I don't remember exactly which is which anymore, but uh, that's what I remember. And then, um, you know... I was I'm I don't know why, but I've always been a fan of like award shows, and so Kids Choice Award that time of year was definitely like hype for me, even though I was probably just discovering TV at that point. Um, so I remember them promoting Avatar and be like, you know, stay tuned after the Kids Choice Awards and the first episode of Avatar will premiere, and I was like, yeah, yeah, little little me was excited. So I remember watching the first two episodes live because they bumped them together, and then. Like, you know, uh, I did watch most of the series as they were coming out, but then after a while, I kind of faded away, so I don't think I ever finished uh, the first uh, season. Um, I then, years pass, I came back to it uh, around 2009, and this is where it kind of folds into the movie. So, 2009, don't know if anyone remembers this movie, but G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra came out. And my dad was yes. a pretty big G.I. Joe guy. And so he would just take us to movies that he, you know, at that point, he was really on, like, the remake train of, like, oh, I remember this when I was a kid. Let me take my kids to go see it. So G.I. Joe had came back. And I remember sitting in the theater, and one of the first teaser trailers that would come up was the trailer for Avatar. And I'm like, why does it seem so familiar to me? And I'm like, I'm looking at it. I'm like, the last airbender, the last airbender. What is that? I just see some bald kids. So got home, went on the old computer, <laughs> swiped away all the porn that I was hiding and Googled Avatar, the last airbender. I was like, oh, I remember this show. And then mm. look, <laughs> lucky for me, it was premiering on uh, Nicktoons because they were premiering the, 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 they're promoting the movie. So they were like marathon all three seasons on Nicktoons for like months. Like in between Dragon Ball Z, Kai and uh, I want to say fanboy and Chum Chum or whatever they had, they would just do the entire series just back to back to back every couple of uh, weeks. And so that's how I kind of really, I want to say like, I don't want to say it was a phase, but that's where like my peak fandom came in. Like I was a huge fan because I would come home every day and just watch Avatar The Last Airbender. And then after that was done, Wolverine and the X-Men. And so uh, it got to the point where it led up to, because I also remember, again, Kids' Choice Awards. But so the teaser trailer was when G.I. Joe came out about a year later, right before, a couple months before the movie, 2010. Um, yeah, 2010. I remember that uh, the Kids' Choice Awards were back on. And so they did a twofer. They like, stay tuned and you'll watch the official trailer for the last airbender and the new show victorious is premiering and i was like oh cool i get avatar and a musical i'm i'm living my best life right now as a child <laughs> and you damn you damn well know that i was there watching both of those things and i remember watching the official trailer and i was like cool and then i did start getting online at this point i do remember i was heavy into youtube and people were like m night Shyamalan, blah blah blah, blah. And i'm like who is this m night Shyamalan guy and People were just making fun of him and like, he's never going to be a great filmmaker ever again. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not 
nice. And I wouldn't really fall in love with M. Night Shyamalan until years later. So I'll get to that when I try and defend the movie. Um, but I, I, I can't defend the movie. But I'm going to try. I'm going to try and defend M. Night Shyamalan, I should say. Not the movie. But... Uh, so yeah, that's kind of my my fandom for this show was really enfolded with my hype of the movie, and it, 2010 was a great year for movies in my opinion. I mean, the remake uh, it was a lot of remakes, but you got uh, uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street. I feel like we've which, been stuck in a remake era for like the last ten years. Yeah, but it was 2010 was good because you also got Karate Kid that year. Uh, I went to theaters to see that, and then I went to see it theaters oh, to yeah. see uh, the last Airbender, and then I went to go see. Oh, so last thing. And then I'll move on. But so I dragged my entire family to go see the last airbender the weekend it came out. And my parents <laughs> hated it. <laughs> they were like, this is the worst thing ever. And <laughs> that was a huge thing. So, yeah, that's there. That's my enfolding in my relationship with Avatar Last Airbender. I like I said at the top of the podcast, this was my first time rewatching this series as an adult. And I have a, a lot of new perspectives about it. But. You know, I've talked for way too long, so I want to go back to you guys. Let's talk about our favorite aspects of the series. Going back to you, Sammy, I want you to give the, our audience here, what is your favorite bending style? Oh, uh, God. Uh, so growing up, I actually used to really, really, really want to water bend, but now I'm earth bending, honestly. It's probably my favorite. I feel like that's the coolest because, like, you, we've noticed that like there's always sub bending like for any main branch and just the thought that you could potentially like learn to you know like bend trees and like plants and stuff like that is really really cool to me oh yeah it's like my favorite one honestly solo favorite bending style man that is such a hard one to put down uh for me it would either have to be Fire is my second choice, but I think my first choice would be airbending. Because I'm not going to say who, but in Legend of Korra, there is a character that they learned that a certain monk in the past, which is one thing I really liked about Korra, is Korra delves a lot into the past and the past avatars and how it all first started. So yes. that's one thing I really do appreciate about Korra, is that it gives a lot of backstory added on to. But one of the monks was shown to that they were able to fly. And when, once a motherfucker lets go of all the earthly attachments and they can fly, bro, it's over with. Yes. Love that. Not glide, fly. That That is definitely my favorite season of Korra as well. <laughs> Insane. But to let go of all earthly attachments? Ooh, that's, yeah, because that's yeah, the, the moment, the moment this challenge. person was able to was whenever the last person that they truly loved passed. And oh, in that okay. moment is whenever they were able to fly away. And I was like, damn. Yeah, you hear that? That's your crazy. Man? You don't need Our to emoji. happy thoughts. <laughs> All right. Um, Zarya. For the longest, it was water. But um, now it's fire. And it's just slowly... trying to bloodbend. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. Yeah, that's I really want to bloodbend. Like, that's why I like water. <laughs> See? <laughs> That's exactly But now I like fire more because of the lightning. Oh, Ooh. <laughs> Lightning's dangerous. Hey, don't go, don't forget combustion, man, too. No. Sparky, sparky, oh, boom, boom, man. I used to think ah. he was cool. <laughs> I used to think he was cool, and then he blows himself up. He got like, thwarted what? by yeah. a fucking <laughs> what, what, what was his alternative name? What was his alternative name? 
It was, Did um, he have one? Sparky, Sparky, Boom, Boom, man. Sparky, Sparky, Boom, Yo. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, okay, mm. so that was Zarya. Hector, favorite bending style? So in in recent times, it's been, it's been fire just because it's towards the end of Avatar The Last Airbender. It just kind of makes you fall in love with fire. The whole interaction with Zuko and Aang. It's a beautiful interaction with the with the dragon. Oh, beautiful, yes. Beautiful, right? That, that makes me fall in love with fire. But at the same time, water bending is so cool because then that's also ice bending, snow bending, weather bending, swamp bending, and the water. And that's at life bending because most. Things that are alive are like made out of water, right? Oh, Actually, yeah. swamp bending is earth. Is swamp bending earth bending? Swamp bending is earth. They were using no, water though. It can't be. It can't be, it can't oh, be because earth. they're because earth. they're referred to cousins, aren't they? They like call each other cousins. Cousins. Wait. It's, it's like in between it. Swamp swamp bending. You know that's the that's the water bending because it's it's it's. It's all water. Yeah, you could have sworn they were using vine. water at some point, like because they, they were helping the water. It's all water. That's why the that's why the dude with the vines is able to bend it because it's all vines. It's they all water. contain water inside of it. It's yeah, it's bending. the same concept. It's the same concept as blood bending, but with plants. Mm-mm-mm. All right. Um. So I think that's everyone. We're gonna go in reverse here. Um. So Hector, favorite character Ooh. or characters? Just whoever pops ah. into your mind. Obviously, Momo, Appa. <laughs> um, probably Appa first. I have an Appa plushie. Yes. Listen, when I started making my own money, <laughs> Appa, Appa plushie was was one of the top things that I wanted to buy. I was like, and an Appa onesie. I was like, first I'm getting my pl- I'm getting my onesie, <laughs> my Appa onesie, and I'm getting my Appa plushie. I mean, Aang was was the one I was relating to the entire time I was a kid. All right. But I think Zuko is just a beautiful. Beautiful art. All right, all right. Um, Zarya, favorite character or characters? Uh, my favorite character is Zulu. <laughs> yes. Ooh, that's a fire pick. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you just, yeah, that's it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Zarya, I'm seeing more into your head. <laughs> Trying to bloodbend Azula. I'll <laughs> <laughs> hail the fire lords. I need to watch out for you. <laughs> All right. Uh, Solo. Favorite character or characters? Zuko. Hands down. Man, easy uh, in your little. As you can also see in my Discord. Yeah. <laughs> in my Discord pick. <laughs> That's right. Can, can I change my answer to Cabbage Man? <laughs> cabbage Man? Yeah. Oh, no, that's mine. <laughs> <laughs> He's my favorite character, right. honestly. All right, so cabbage we're moving to Sammy. Sammy, you're picking the Cabbage Man? The Cabbage Dude. The Cabbage Dude is honestly my favorite. I'm so serious. Like, his little, like, every single time, all he wanted to do was find his Cabbage Yes. <laughs> no yep. matter where he traveled, they just, like, <laughs> somehow they were always there Bro to ruin his day. And he still. And he still consistently tried to sell his cabbages. Yes. Tell me he's not the best character. Man had it's, a it's so plan. funny because he was actually supposed to be a one-off <laughs> until the the fan response was so huge, they decided to bring him back. 
back again, <laughs> and people loved it. So they they just did it consistently after that point. He became a recurring character. And yeah, and more more tease for the Legend of Korra. <laughs> you get to see yeah. what happens with all that hard work he did with those cabbages. <laughs> it, it pays oh, off. <laughs> it pays off. Work, he was claiming all the insurance claims he did for the cabbages. <laughs> yes. I just love how everywhere he went, he just always had a new cart of cabbages. <laughs> like, it's like, where is he? Yeah. yeah. Y'all know he like money to get a new cart or like to get it fixed or something, you know. Like spent that time to like cultivate those cabbages and then went out to sell them and every single time his (laughs) cart was destroyed by that that little ragtag group of miscreants. That man has an iron will (laughs) like no other. The way I would have given up, like, immediately. <laughs> I think anyone would have given up. <laughs> yes. Every single city this man tried to go to, his plants always got thwarted. Yes, man. <laughs> uh, you said you wanted to add, it, uh, add to your hat. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Funny enough, it would have to also be Zuko's uncle, uh, Iroh, because oh, Iroh is such, a, such a, an amazing and beautiful character. Uh. Uh, him and Zuko's parallel and the the like the duality with them the fucking the dynamic duo is such a so so amazing and it's part of the reason too why I love book uh book of earth like so much dude that's my it's my favorite season my favorite book and there's so much that goes into it and I can go into it more whenever we start discussing about that but yeah like like that like and it's because of that season it shows you like Zuko's true colors and he he is a he is a good honorable person he was just on the wrong side of the war indeed oh, we're going to talk all about it man all right um as for me it's very tough with this series to pick a favorite character uh cuz everyone was everyone goes through such a good character arc like I was I was the most surprised rewatching it how much Sokka gets a, a lot of character work in each season. Like he develops through him and Katara. But if I were to pick a favorite character, ah oh man, I don't. It just depends on like who I related to the most. I I can't say I related to Aang as much. I I see Zuko's story arc a lot, but uh, it's very hard for me. I can't. I don't think I can. At Haru, maybe? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Haru gets a great comeback. I was, I texted Zarya. I'm like, Haru in this goatee? I, there's a rock slide happening somewhere. Because, like, where did this man come from? But um, if I had to be, like, serious, I would say, like, my favorite character would probably be... Probably Toph. I think Toph had me. Yes. Yeah, I think Toph I would have to fun. go with Toph as far as Toph his original... Original, because uh, yeah, with this original cast of characters, I think Toph, Iroh, and uh, uh, I would put Azula up there as well as like my top three. Um, but you know, also honorable mention, shout out to Princess Yue. I really like Princess Yue, just her yes. and her whole entire story is like that is a proverb somewhere that they just adapted, and I love it because. You mean to tell me she was born just to become a fish? And <laughs> I love that for some reason. Yeah. I just I love that. I want that as like a like a testament somewhere. Like I need that in stone. Just the moon out. spirit is a beautiful lady that rules the sky. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> my first girlfriend love turned into the moon. Passion. <laughs> That's rough, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what I would do if I was in that situation where, like, my first partner turned into the fucking moon. Right. I think I'd just give up. I yeah, also. Whoops. I also love the fact that, like, after, you know, after she, he grieves her and everything, and she's, like, whenever the moon's in the sky and he's trying to, like, he gets a crush or something or he meets up with Suki, he looks up at the sky and is like, I hope she's not watching me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I would have to go with that. Yeah. Uh, Zuko's great as well. Like, Zuko goes through a, a good character arc, um, but I would probably have to go with those three. Okay. Um, let's see here, because I want to speed us along so we can get to the questions and take our first break. But, um... Here, I won't go in order. We'll just yell out. So yell out your favorites. But does anyone have a favorite moment? What is the moment that comes to mind to you when you think Avatar Last Airbender? Well, I want to say it's my favorite moment. But a moment that always makes me laugh is Sokka on Cactus Juice in mm. the desert. <laughs> that is one of the greatest. Yeah. When they have to suck the frozen toad. To yes. <laughs> Also, when um, Zuko is gonna go like talk to Sokka, but Sokka is ready for Suki. <laughs> yes. That whole moment. Oh, that he walks in on him. Because he's like, "Hello." But also, you see Suki walking in, but then she sees Zuko yeah, and right turns. <laughs> he walks out, and you see her try to walk in, and they're like, "Oh, oh!" They bump into each other. It's all, dude. That's such a good. That whole that whole interaction. All right. Uh, funniest moments to me. Anyone else? Sammy, Hector, did you guys say anything? Um, maybe Aang's anger when Appa gets taken. Ooh. Like that just that pure rage that comes from such a goofy character was really distracting to me. Yes, do not muzzle Appa. That is a rule. That is a lie. Oh, oh yeah. Did, did, that, like, could you repeat the question? <gasps> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just your favorite, your favorite moment from the sh- the show. Like, what punk comes to mind when you? Oh, think? I really like when when um, Iroh starts spitting his wisdom. Like which when time? he is with yeah. Aang. And... Yeah, which time, bro? <laughs> oh, okay. I know. I know what you're talking about in the in the tunnel when they're. Yeah, yeah. He's um Crystal uh... City. I don't know what he says specifically, but it's that time when they're, you know, he's, he's, they're like going through the tunnel and he's like, you know, though you can't see in the dark, you know, if you just keep going through, there's always light at the end of the tunnel or whatever. Some, some, something like that. Yeah. It's beautiful. They break through to the, the ancient crystal city. Yeah. All right. Um, Okay, I have one uh, last question. I, I guess. Sorry, I didn't get to add. Oh yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, my favorite is Tales from Bossing Say. I think that whole episode, because one, Iroh's part specifically, I don't think there's any type of media that will get me to consistently cry as much as that specific part in that whole series does. Dude, that shit gets to me almost every single fucking time. Yeah, and I'm one to like to stay solid through almost fucking anything, but that shit hits every single time. Me too, dude. That there are two moments that made my eyes water to the brim, and that was definitely Iroh's part and 
Tales of Bossing Sing. And then at the in season three, I texted Zarya this earlier too. When Zuko and Iroh reunite and Zuko apologizes, I'm like, ah, oh, oh dude. I oh, feel when he reunites with with Iroh, yes, and he was like, I he was like, I was never mad, just disappointed. And he's like, I'm so happy you found your way. I'm like, my my chest, I'm gonna have a heart attack. I can't do this. Uh, I've been living too. She gives me goosebumps thinking about it. Oh man, man. Also, I want to say, um, was, oh, there was one part. Ooh, okay. I'll say, it's not necessarily a moment, but when, uh, what? Okay, how am I setting this up? When Katara like fights Zuko. I don't know if that counts as a moment because it's kind of a sequence, but I do love the first, you know, end of season one, the first battle Katara has with Zuko. Like, I really enjoyed that entire like fight between them because like Katara has come so far and like her to match Zuko and like ice him twice to the point where he has to like pretty much like, you know, do dirty, you know, play dirty. I I really like that, that fight. Like that was that, that sticks in my mind. Okay. So last question, and then we're going to go ahead and take our first break, and then we're going to get to the trivia questions, because I am really excited to see what Zarya has picked up for us. But um, this is just, you know, again, it's there's some teen dramas in in Avatar. So who, 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 who do we land on? Do we land on Katang or Zutara? I don't know Katang. It's, it's Katang. Really? It's Katang. I don't know. I feel like I didn't really like either of them, but I I leaned more towards like uh, her and um, God, what's his name? Zuko more. Just probably because they seem more like the same age, realistically. Okay, okay. I I just couldn't see her with Aang if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah, I just really couldn't see her with Aang considering like the fact that one, he lost his entire world. So my boy was going through that and really just clinging on to anyone around him. And she was the first person he saw when, you know, he woke up. And that really like made me feel like that influenced his feelings toward her. And then also like just the fact that he's a hundred years older than her, but also appears so much younger than her because that's where he froze. Yeah, we're going with Austin Power rules with that one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but that's the best when the young with wisdom. <laughs> hey, but honestly, hey. I didn't even like Zuko. Would you say Zarya? I'm sorry. Hey, I mean, I, I said to be honest, I don't even like Zuko with May. I don't even like. Yeah, I don't even like that pairing because I don't like oh, May. No. I don't no, I'm not like that at all either. I gotta say, I love them. That whole episode where we follow Zuko and uh, Azula and that whole group on that like vacation island. That whole episode, I was like, I'm living for this. I need this to be like a series, like that of itself. I, no, I, mean, I wanted I feel like to that see Zuko flirt with another girl. Like anybody, anybody else, honestly, like a passing maid or something. I don't yeah. know. He could have had a short so thing. The the two old ladies <laughs> that were following Azula around, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. I think I lead. I don't know. I like I, Katara and Aang makes sense to me. Like that. That is exactly where yeah. the show should end. But I do like Zuko and Katara's dynamic. They have the same exact character motivations of dead mom syndrome, um, or you know question mark mom syndrome. But we know Katara's mom is dead, and Zuko, I, I, we don't know. I mean, I guess they have. We it in do a know. Okay. Yeah, in the comics, but yeah. not yeah. yeah. 
Anyway, uh, I think, I don't know, I really liked Zuko and Guitar together. But in my mind, I'm going to say this, and, and this might upset people, but I don't care. It's my podcast. Uh, in my mind, I like to believe that Aang and Katara are meant to be. But when they got to their early 20s before Aang and uh, Katara officially got married, I like to believe that there was probably a year or two where they were a polyamorous uh, relationship. They're, they all three just decided to get together secretly, and that's where I lean on it. And then they just realize, okay, Zuko may need to go off. But I, I like to believe they all got together at some point. You think they all hooked up? Yep. That's my... That's my <laughs> <laughs> During... I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there was definitely like enough hints in that. That was a very nice way of saying it, but I was like, I was like, this is what you're trying to say. <laughs> you know, during, during, they took a break oh from, they took a break oh from building no. the Republic City and decided to just elope together. Oh. And that's, that's what, that's what I believe. Uh, all right, so we're gonna go ahead and take our first break for the episode, and then we're gonna come back. That sounds some... like a fantasy dojo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're gonna come back to some Avatar <laughs> trivia questions from Zarya. All right. <laughs> I do believe that, though. I, I think there's there's enough space in between to be like they took a year together. I, mean, I get that's you know I don't why are we I don't even want, I'm not gonna think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Things to give pretty good advice and great tea. The key to both is proper aging. What's on your mind? Well, I met with this guru who was supposed to help me master the Avatar state and control this great power. But to do it, I had to let go of someone I love, and I just couldn't. Perfection and power are overrated. I think you are very wise to choose happiness and love. What happens if we can't save everyone and beat Azula? Without the Avatar state, what if I'm not powerful enough? I don't know the answer. Sometimes life is like this dark tunnel. You can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel. But if you just keep moving... Come to a better place. All right, guys, we're back. It's time for some trivia. Zarya is going to take the reins for this one. So, Zarya, take it away. All right, you guys, I have five questions. Um, it's not multiple choice, but if you would like choices, I can come up with some choices very quickly. Just let me know. So, are you guys ready? Yeah. yeah. Hold on. Um. So, do we all do we all want to go one by one with answering, oh, yeah. or do we want to just kind of yell it out? Or we can go one by one, and I'll give the answer at the end, so okay. everyone has a chance to try to question out. All right. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. All right. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. First question is: Iro is a member of what secret society? And we can start with Hector. Uh, uh, Ross, um, son, dude, I don't, um, <laughs> I don't think I recall. Son, <laughs> pass <laughs> the question on. Would you options? Yes. Okay. Option one, Order of the Red Lotus. Option two, Order of the Purple Lotus. Option three. Order of the White Lotus. 
Wait, okay, so okay, so it's not strictly Avatar: The Last Airbender. We're including the Legend of, of Korra into this. Uh... It was introduced in Avatar. In uh, yeah, the Last Airbender. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you repeat the question? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, the answer. The answer. I'm gonna put ten seconds on the clock for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> You got five seconds. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the white lotus. But... Yeah. Okay. Solo. Okay. The white lotus. Walter. Order of the white lotus. And Sammy. It's the order of the white lotus. Let's go. Everyone got that one. <laughs> Did we, Hector? Did you? <laughs> I was you know, I I was really. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know who that is, <laughs> bro. What? Who? Who's Arrow? Iro. I. She meant Iro. That's what. Dude, what? This whole time, I, th- I was thinking of Arrow. <laughs> what? Did I, I, I see. I see. I see the problem now. I see the problem. Okay. Now. Okay. Miscommunication. What? Did I was, you? Hear I, was, I was thinking like Arrow. Like like for some reason. Like yeah. Like Arrow. Like a. R O. I even looked it up. I was like, "What?" I hey, was, no I was cheating. Thinking, I was thinking, That's <laughs> it right now, dude. I'm not even joking. Uh, all I right. was like, "Dude, how do I?" I was like, "Who?" I was. Like, I've never okay. all this so, time. So I am upset, but for a different no. reason now. Before I was like, "How this this man being this much of an imbecile when he knows." <laughs> He he knows them well. He knows this. Yeah. There's no way. <laughs> and then so I was like, I didn't get anything on my computer. So then I looked it up on my phone too, and I was like, hopefully I'll get something. New. This motherfucker. <laughs> I just saw the picture. He spelled it A R O A T. It was trying to, and it brought up. <laughs> It brought up results for the ecosystem of automobiles. <laughs> and, and, That's I was like, man. He's about to search the Avatar Reddit for this one. Okay, uh, go ahead. Next question. Uh, um, next question is, before Aang, what was the traditional age of the Avatar was informed that they were the Avatar? Ooh, that's a good one. Do we go in the same order? Do you want to go in the same order? I feel like okay. I'm gonna say 16. Okay, yeah. Let's just all give an answer if you have one, because it would probably go a little faster. Oh, oh my bad. My no, bad. no, not 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 a shade to you. No shade, no shade. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just like as response times. Uh, but yeah, okay. So, oh man, ah, that's a good question. Anybody else want to answer before I give mine? Wasn't it? Wasn't it like 16? Okay. I feel like it was 16. Like they were normally told at 16. I'm gonna say eighteen. Hmm. Interesting choice. I think I, I think I have this whole show, like scene per scene, engraved in my brain. Did everyone answer that? Wants to answer? Ooh, wait, I'm gonna change. Uh, I'm gonna change. No, wait, never mind. Never, no, I, I'll okay. just say it. he was told at twelve, but I believe they're normally told at yeah, like sixteen. Yeah, yeah I, thought was, I thought there was. I thought there was. Yeah, I thought it was it's their what? 16th birthday, right? It's 16. Damn. Hey, okay. I thought 18. God damn it. Zara, you told me this too. 
I was like, I got this wrong. I was gonna say ten, yeah. but that's yeah. Good. He was told. He was told early because of situations going on with the war. Yeah. And them hearing pretty much through the grapevine that the Fire Nation was planning something big, so they needed to tell Aang and to start preparing him early. True. Yeah, I remember they normally told like the Avatar on their sixteenth birthday <laughs> that they right. were the Avatar, and you know, if you have to yeah. throw everything away. Because <laughs> Roku. That's oh. yeah. I was just gonna bring that up with Roku and uh and Fire uh and the Fire Lord. He oh, they yeah. shared a birthday, so that when it was their sixteenth birthday is whenever they came and told him in front of everybody. <laughs> Can't, no, I'm, I don't want to do that. I'm sorry. This is a children's show. <laughs> oh gosh! No, <laughs> son. <laughs> Next question. <laughs> Next question is: What are the names of the water and moon spirit? Oh god! Um, extra points. Ua and Ec- wait. Extra Qua. points for what? Before Ua. Before Ua. The original two before UA. Oh God, what was the that? original two before UA? Yin and Yang. No, Yin and Yang. Uh, I, no way. Wait, wait, okay, wait. Repeat the question. What are the names of the water and the moon spirit? Extra points if you know which spirit is which. Mm. Okay, Shui. Shui is water. UA is moon. Is it wasn't Shui the moon and then Ma was water? I thought Shui was the moon. Did everyone answer that wanted to answer? Two was the moon and La was the ocean. So yeah, going on to water. That's that's what it was. Yes, Sammy and Solo are correct. Why did I suck? (laughs) I just said the fish. Hector is partially correct. Hector is partially correct. Because you did end up becoming the moon spirit. The first so thing just... that popped up for me was Ma. And I was like, what does Ma mean? Like, Ma, And then I realized I was wrong. So, sorry. Oh. I couldn't remember what it I, It was taking me a minute to remember what the, the moon spirit's original name was. Because I was remembering that Law was the the ocean spirit, but I could not remember what the, what the original moon spirit was. Well, I would associate push and pull. Why in one? Yeah, I just I know, know they, they both don't... look like yin and yang. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All right. Um, um, which air temple is Aang from? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, the ooh. northern air temple? I guess it's northern. Nor- northern. Hmm. Not the western. <laughs> All right. That's why I fucked your airbender. Wait, what's what's he... No, I'm just kidding. I thought, it was, I thought he was... Is he the... Was he the northern tribe or the southern tribe? Well, the tribes are the water. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, temple. Sorry, my bad. Okay. Hmm. Wait, what is your answer, Sammy? I, I thought he was southern. Yeah, southern I, I was. I wanted to say oh, eastern, southern. but I, I, I believe he is. He's from the southern. I guess it's the Okay, Watson. It is the Southern God, Air Temple. God damn it. Weren't they right, at the no. Southern Air Temple in season three? Is that not? No. I can't. Eastern. No, they visit. They no. I think it Hold was on, the Eastern Air Temple go, that they went to. Before y'all go. The Eastern Air Temple. That's um, why I was mixing it. 
Go, well, I named y'all go into by the, other the Western air temples. Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead, Zarya. But to say before y'all get any deeper into the air temples, uh, in what order did the gang visit the air temples? Dang. Oh. Okay. Oh. Okay. Well, obviously, uh, Southern was first because that's where Aang has his freak out. Um, Southern, Eastern, Northern, basically. Southern. I'm gonna say, wait, are there only three of them? Are there four? There's four. Okay, so the I'm gonna Western. say, I'm gonna say, southern, western, eastern, northern. Okay. No. Yeah, I'm gonna say that. Yeah. You gonna say that too? Uh-huh. If I don't get this I... right, I'm logging off. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say that as well. Okay, and solid. Oh. I want to say that's what it is, but I'm a flip Western and Eastern. So Western, um, was a Western first, and then Eastern, then then Northern is last. Southern being first. Unfortunately, no one got it right. <gasps> Damn. Damn! How dare you? It's Southern, then Northern, <sighs> Eastern, then Western. Because Southern and Northern are they visit those in the first season. Then Aang goes to the That's Eastern right. Temple Northern was the, the one that, that was getting yeah, it's Northern was the one that was getting fucked up. That Aang was getting the last mad about. season they, yeah. it, they oh, went to the Western yeah. they went to the Western Air Temple. Western Temple was the fucking last oh, one. Man, wow. I did not pay attention to that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> that is it for the trivia, you guys. They really actually did pretty well. No, I didn't know. Well, I didn't. <laughs> I got one question right. Hey, hey, you got a question right. Was, that's, but you that's weren't like far off, at least. You weren't like yeah, yeah. out there. You I were relatively close. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Zarya, for that wonderful trivia. I love that. I'm going to have you do trivia more, actually. But you got to really look at some. It just depends on what we do on the show. <laughs> it's normally <laughs> horror movies. Um. All right. With that being said, let's take our second break. And then I'm going to talk about, or, or we're going to talk about the series. We're finally to the bulk of the podcast. We're going to talk about all three books of Avatar, The Last Airbender. Long ago, the four nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the firebenders attacked. Only the Avatar, master of all four elements, could stop them. But when the world needed him most, he vanished. A hundred years passed, and my brother and I discovered a new avatar, an airbender named Aang. The problem is, this avatar is still a kid, and although his airbending skills are great, he has a lot to learn before he's ready to save anyone. But I believe Aang can save the world. Welcome back, everybody. Let's talk about Avatar The Last Airbender. Here are just some general facts on the series, if, in case you have not seen it or don't know about it. Um, Avatar The Last Airbender ran from February 21st, 2005 to July 19th of 2008. It aired on Nickelodeon Network, uh, created by Michael Dante DiMartino and Brian Konitzko. The series features Zach Tyler Ensign as Aang, 
Mae Whitman as Katara, Jack DeSena as Sokka, Dante Bosco as Zuko, uh, Michaela Jill Murphy as Toph, Grey Delisle as Azula, Mark Hamill as Fire Lord Ozai, Jenny Kwan as Suki, Olivia Hack as Ty Lee, Greatly as May, James Garrett as Avatar Roku, Victor Bandit as Master Paku, Adrena Brady as Princess Yue, Clancy Brown as Long Fang, Crawford Wilson as Jet, Jason Isaac as Admiral Zhao, Ron Perlman as Fire Lord Sozin, and Will Wheaton. Um, he's in here somewhere. I don't know what character he plays, but if you know the movie Stand By Me, he's the skinny kid that's not uh, River Phoenix or uh, the other actors in that one. But he's apparently oh, he's sure. in here somewhere. But yeah, he's somewhere in here. I just couldn't find his character name. Um, and then we have <laughs> we have James Sai or James C C as the cabot at uh, the cabbage merchant, <laughs> and then D Bradley Baker as Appa. <laughs> And the plot goes as such, the world is divided into four nations, the Water Tribe, the Earth Kingdom, the Fire Nation, and the Air Nomads, each represented by a natural element for which the nation is named. Benders have the ability to control and manipulate the elements from their nation. Only the Avatar is the master of all four elements. The ruthless Fire Nation wants to conquer the world, but the only Bender who can, who has enough power, the Avatar, has disappeared. Until now. His tribe soon discovers that Aang is the long-lost Avatar. Now Katara and Sokka must safeguard Aang on his journey to master all four elements and save the world from the Fire Nation. And that brings us into our show here. It was a very successful, successful, very successful show. Like I said, it ran for a while for three seasons, three solid seasons, and I'm surprised they didn't do more. But the, the creators had a solid story they wanted to tell, and the, I mean, America loves a trilogy. <laughs> um, so we're starting with book one, Water, introduced us into the entire world of Avatar. Holy crap! This this was a this was a trip rewatching. But I'm gonna turn it to you guys. Uh, Sammy, we'll start with you. Give us your overall thoughts on book one, Water. Oh god. Honestly, you know, it's it's so hard for me to not compare it to the movie, honestly, whenever <laughs> I think about the movie or sorry, whenever I think about book 1, it's really really hard for me to just not compare how much better it was than the movie. So, I'm going to try not to, <laughs> but honestly what comes to mind when I think of book 1 is Katara and uh Sokka leaving their village to follow Aang, like to just that big decision that they made to leave everything that they know to put, like follow this random dude who was floating in ice, you know, to try to save the world. That's such a big decision. And I don't know if I personally would be able to do that if I was in their shoes. So that's the first thing that comes to mind for me. All right. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You know, you want me to willingly babysit this kid, <laughs> this, the most powerful. Right, like some rando. <laughs> I get that. I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just a lot of responsibility too, because like yeah. he doesn't know how to control his powers, and Katara can barely like lift much water at this point. She's trying to figure that out herself, and they still decide to set out with him. Exactly, exactly. As, and then poor Sokka, just <laughs> life or death with this kid in <laughs> season one. This man almost dies so many times. He tries. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's it's not really mentioned how grave the situation he was actually in, but when he was stuck in the hole, <laughs> <laughs> man. 
All right, uh, Solo, let's go to you. Book one, what's your overall thoughts? Ooh, overall thoughts on book one. I think uh, book one isn't my favorite book. It's definitely up there amongst my favorite, but it set the standard for the rest of the series and showed the potential that and what was yet to come. All right. And Zarya, what's your overall thoughts on book one, Water? It's a it's a really good setup. Like uh, like Solo said, it's a really good setup for like the rest of the series. Um, it's a great opener. Um, it it does like it feels like a whole um, like a like an actual book. Like um, as if like I were reading a book. Like I'm I'm just watching it. Like it felt like an actual book. And when it ended, it ended like it ended that book. But um kept like you want to know what happens next like you know this isn't the end he still has that end goal i love how they like introduced kind like what's like towards the middle when roku talked to ang and i was like well you got to do this by the end you got to do this in order to stop all of this and so they introduced it pretty early and so you're like so at the end of book one like you know that that like that this part of that of that end goal journey is done and so now you're just waiting for the next and so yeah it's a really good season all right all right and hector what's your overall thoughts when you look back at book one um i think solo made a pretty good point it sets up um expectations it kind of shows what the, the the potential of what could happen what they're aiming for what uh um, you know, just light world building. Um, but it does its job as an introductory to the towards what's gonna happen. Yeah. Um. Book one, man. This one. This was the one that I was the most interested in rewatching because I remember. I remember the first episode like the back of my hand, and then I got to the second episode. I was like, oh, it's still going. Okay, they're not even. <laughs> like you were saying, Sammy, it kind of does remind you of like, oh wow, the the movie just kind of really breezed by a lot of important stuff. <laughs> it makes me so angry. I'm like, uh, like an atomical, like just, I'm so mad about the movie, but yeah. they they tried. I'm yeah, sure. like like Grand Grand is such a sweet little presence in the first like couple episodes, and then you get to the movie, she has three minutes of screen time, and she is giving exposition. <laughs> They Dude, didn't even put barely in... a thought in the wind. Yeah, she... <laughs> they didn't even put makeup on her. They were like, she's white enough. She's fine. <laughs> uh, and then like Katara's breakthroughs with like her uh, bending, the, the way they completely skim over that and how dedicated she really is to it. Yeah, it just it just angers me so much. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, book one. I think I'll say this: the first thing that jumps out to me when I think about book one is just like I do. It was very rewatching it as an adult. It was very kind of eh to get into. Like I liked the first episode a lot, but after that, the like the next five episodes are very like this feels very Nickelodeon to me. Like it's very goofy. It's very jokey, and so like that's fine. It's a cartoon. It's it's great. It's fine. But for me, I was like, all right, I kind of want to get to the good stuff. And then when Roku shows up, I'm like, oh, they're throwing all of this foreshadowing at me. Oh my god, I need to take notes. I thought I needed to like write things down because I was like, holy crap. Okay, they're really setting up where they're going with this story, and I do like it. 
Um, another thing that jumped out to me is that Zuko, I really like Zuko in the first half, uh, in the first season. Like, he's, like, he's not, he's really, uh, I know he's evil, but, like, he's really interesting. <laughs> he's, he's not evil. He's not evil, but, like, he's, you know, he's very menacing. He's, he's very determined. Crazy. He has a motive. Yeah. And he is, it's a misguided belief. Yeah. And, that's all it is like what he's what the reason why and it's not really shown and mentioned till later on but the reason why he's trying to capture the avatar and do what he's doing is you know he's just he just wants to be back home yeah he just wants and that's that's all any kid wants you know even try to bring back his mom you know if he hasn't fully processed that yeah yeah and yeah zuko i really did like him in the first season here ang I did it. I did not like in season one at that much, because it is not because he's a kid. I, Aang has a lot of character flaws, and looking back on it retrospectively, it makes sense given the fact that they grow him up such at such an extent by the end of the show. But like at the beginning, he has a like just episodes, episodes upon episodes of him just he has a real a real habit of lying. Like he tells a lot of lies to like smooth things over. Which is like, ah, man. And then some of them they bring up. Some of them they don't really bring up. They kind of brush over a few things. But, like, Aang is not the most trustworthy, in my opinion, in the first season. But he does learn to become a better human. I mean, again, he is a 12-year-old. Lord knows how many lies I told when I was 12. So I get it. But it was just like, man, these are your friends, dude. And you just completely lied to them. But makes sense. Or he'll just lie to an entire town and just be like, yeah, that's fine. That's how it happened. He does the same thing in book two, but well, I think in book two is a lot more justified given the fact that he's, he's like he has some, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know, you know, he's learning. Definitely. All right. Um, let's see. What else in book one? Is it is it anyone else that anyone else want to bring up some stuff from book one? I have a few things that I could touch on as far as water goes. Uh, I think book one, I do love the fact that water bending is highlighted the most here. Um, because it is about water bending, Ang is learning water bending, and we get to learn a little bit more about how water bending works. And air bending is pretty cool. Um, I do love. I think for me, the highlights of book one come in increments. They're, you know, I believe uh, unanimously the best episode of the entire series is what the storm, where we get both Ang and Zuko's backstories back, like told in parallel. I think that's. Yeah. Gotta love that. Um, let's see. What else was there? Oh, I really like uh, the Blue Spirit. The Blue Spirit is one of my favorite things ever invented. I do love that entire episode. Yes, because of the, the okay. toads. Yes. Uh, yeah, I liked this good guy Zuko yeah. hiding my face. So I'm not Zuko and I'm someone else. But I'm not. Yeah. But I'm else. <laughs> I didn't really think Zuko was like the good guy. He kind of seemed like um, just the anti-hero kind of because like at the end of the day he's only capturing Aang so that way he can capture Aang I mean he's only like yeah helping Aang so he can capture Aang yeah like I was like it's it's the less good guy and more like anti-villain yeah he he definitely did a good thing but for a very childish and selfish reason but yeah. it was epic. I love the double swords. I just really love. I I like the fact that the little detail that Zuko's a swordsman. Like yeah, in, compared to how Ozai and Azula fight, 
they're very hands like they'll they're very street like they will they're throwing literally like when they don't have fireballs they will throw of hands and kick but zuko and iroh they're very elegant in their fighting it reminds me a lot of anakin and obi-wan in star wars how obi-wan was very much you know about you know the process of lightsabers and sword fighting and i do see that a lot here so i really love the double swords and if there's one mask that I want before I die, it is I want the blue spirit mask, like an actual version of it, like a real yeah. detailed. And I want to honestly the entire fit. Yes, the entire fit. <laughs> yeah, which I'll preview now. I think that is the blue spirit section of the the movie is probably the best part of the movie <laughs> because without anyone talking, there's, there's, it works pretty well. Awesome. All right, there is no movie in Bossing Say. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't made it there yet, but yet, yeah. Ooh, speaking of the Earth King, also... <laughs> go, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, but the Siege, the siege of the uh, North was a really great part. Um, the Siege of the North. What? Yes, yes, the Siege the, the the last episode. I was going to bring up Omashu, though, but what were you going to say, Sammy? Oh, I was going to say, I like how it honestly seems to get progressively more dark as the season goes on. Like, it starts off with them seeming to set off on a lighthearted journey to him like discovering how to use his powers and stuff and then it ends with you know there being a siege of an entire like land of people and then a princess dying to save the people and they're like you know this is actually yeah. probably not as lighthearted as it seems yeah it does take a definite turn <laughs> oh but yeah i was gonna bring up we got one of the best characters ever invented boomy Aang's best friend. <laughs> I love Boomy so much, and I love Omashu. I would. I'm very terrified of heights, so me imagining me in this world is like. I hope I'm an airbender because I do not like falling. But take me to Omashu. I'm gonna slide down some of those buildings. Like that was that was pretty. And you know, probably run into the cat, the cabbage merchant. But I liked it a lot. You think you'd buy some cabbages from them? <laughs> Just like slipping on a cabbage. <laughs> Only if they're quality cabbages. Juicy. It must be. He keeps trying to sell them. <laughs> and he has the money to replace that cart like five times. So they must be quality cabbages. Those cabbages are made of vibranium. cabbages. Yeah. <laughs> vibranium cabbages. That's what they are. Imagine market. he just repurposes the cabbages every single time. <laughs> just dust them off. <laughs> I guess that would. Oh, that. This, we should launch an investigation on that, actually. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. What else can we bring up in Earth or Earth in in water before we move on to Earth? Um. Um. There's there's something else. Secret I wanted to bring. tunnel. Is that in book one? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it the tunnel of the lovers or something like that? Okay, yeah, the is that in yeah, the book? Lover. It's something. No, yeah, yeah, no. It's like two episodes. No. Uh, it's, in, it's in book two. I thought that was in book I, two. Yeah, I believe that I that is book swear. two. Because <laughs> that's I'm traveling to Boston, Dang. say. Oh, yeah, it is. It is. That's it right. Is, yeah, that's right. You're yeah, Zarya got us oh. about to. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, I have the uh, season pulled up. Cool. Uh, Ooh, another thing. Um, we learn a lot about how fire bending and water bending works. Fire draws their power from the sun, and water bending comes from the moon. We talked about the spirits earlier, but I do like the fact that uh, Iroh just gives like Zuko, like you know, I don't play video games much, but you know how in video games you have like the the person pop up and give you like a hint on how to like use an ability. 
Like, <laughs> you know, Iroh gives like, you know, remember to use your chi. It can warm you in cold water. And so that's what exactly what Zuko does as he's swimming away <laughs> into the, this thing. Um, Anything else you guys want to bring up? Because I have one last character I want to talk about because I hate this character with a passion. <laughs> Just how dumb yeah. he is. He's the main. I, I would argue he is the main villain, and he is the dumbest villain we've had in this. Zhao, Zhao, yes, Zhao. hate Zhao oh, with a passion. Dude. But he was moving them right. You, 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 you know. I'm happy it, about though. the fate he did. He he got in Legend of Korra that we get to oh, see. Yes, it it was like the perfect. I guess not ending for him, but. Oh, yeah. okay. I, I remember. Is he in? Okay, he, he. We do see him again, I guess. But yeah, we do see him one other, one more time. <laughs> in the same state. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no change. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, like I hate Zhao. He is so. I, th- I found him the most annoying throughout, and not because like he's he's villain of his whole villain thing, but it's like, dude, you are. You got beef with a 16 year old. Right. Like, I don't even know why he's trying to impress the Fire Lord. You're already at like the highest ranking right now. I mean, Bags. you have literal like armies upon armies at your. The butt kissing could stop to <laughs> Ozai. Like, you can stop. Dude, literally try to have a 16 year old assassinated. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. at the end of the day, banished or not, he's still the prince. But you really you had an assassination attempt on the prince. And even like Bro was he, just weak and he was yeah. mad he lost an Agni Kai. Man. <laughs> and even when like they're trying to both try to capture the Avatar, like, you know, uh what is it that they go to that island and they have to like open the doors using firebending or whatever. And Oh, Roku's Zhao, Island? Yeah, Roku's Island. Like Zhao oh, no. is just the like, <laughs> I intercepted you. You thought I didn't catch on to your trick, and then gets pwned immediately after that entire interaction. I'm like, Zhao, you suck so bad, dude. He gets outsmarted so many times. I and then like his whole entire thing about him being like, I found an ancient library that held an ancient scroll. All I have to do oh. is murder a fish. <laughs> That just kills me. I'm like, wow, this man's plan and hinged on the entire like homicide of a fish spirit. Uh, he balled for killing a spirit. Right. Really is, especially uh, with yeah, especially honestly. with the dragon of the west looking him dead in the eye, telling him, "You do some shit to that fish, and I'm, I'm opening fire on you." Honestly, someone that's on the same side as you is telling you, "Hey, think about this. We we're affected too." Yeah, like we already oh, have, we already have hey, the man. city, man. <laughs> we we have yeah. captured the city. You're trying to do extra, could and you, it's not working. Could you, you have no idea the repercussions of killing a spirit either? He really just like he was, was just like, I'm gonna go down the history books. Yeah, I was like <laughs> I was, the biggest for being one of the worst ever. Right. No, for real. I would have loved to have seen like if he, if things had went his way and how he just go to the Ozai and be like, not only did I kill your son, but I also murdered the moon spirit. Do you, you know, do you think of me as your highest operating, you know, officer now? And Ozai's like, you idiot, you ruined the entire world I'm trying to rule. What are you talking about? <laughs> you just said, yeah. we got shit to fix now. <laughs> Thanks. He's oh, like, man. but there's no more waterbenders. <laughs> Don't you? <laughs> but there's no more. <laughs> there's no more. <laughs> there's no more water. <laughs> yeah, and the sky is eternally red now. Did you not, did you not think about there's what you no, did? There's no more water. Yeah. <laughs> no 
Man, oh man. All right, uh, let's move on to book two, Earth. The key to earth bending is your stance. You've got to be steady and strong. Rock is a stubborn element. If you're going to move it, you've got to be like a rock yourself. Like a rock. Got it. Good. Now the actual motion of this one is pretty simple. Okay. You ready to give it a try? I'm ready. Rock beats Airbender. I don't understand what went wrong. He did it exactly the way you did. Maybe there's another way. What if I came at the boulder from a different angle? No, that's the problem. You've got to stop thinking like an airbender. There's no different angle, no clever solution, no trickity trick that's gonna move Whoa. that rock. You've gotta face it head on. And when I say head on, I mean like this. Whoa. Book two, Earth. Boy, oh boy, I'm gonna say right now, my favorite season. I liked book two a lot. I'm surprised I liked it a lot, but I liked it a lot. But uh, let's see, who wants to go first as far as like overall thoughts? So, let's go with Solo. Solo, overall thoughts on book two. Man, I fucking love book two. Book two is my favorite season. Uh, there's so many classic and iconic moments in book two, like coming from the world's greatest fucking song ever made. <laughs> um. Secret Tunnel! That shit is amazing. Uh, Tales from Bossing Say, Meeting Toph, the whole fucking Aang losing... uh, Aang losing Appa, and that whole spiel, man. Like, the fucking library in the desert. Like, everything about that season was so good. And they did such a good follow-up in tone and like how broad they went and how like diverse they showed they could go like diverse they showed they could go with that um with that show and yeah it has one of my favorite episodes in the whole series is tales of bossing say like that that will always be a standout episode to me that like Sometimes I have to skip it because <laughs> I don't feel like crying sometimes. I'm like, I'm not doing it today, dude. Because <laughs> it's, it's so good and it, it, for some reason, has, like, always had such a big impact. And then, like, that, like, to to hear the sadness that it brings to Iroh's heart. And, like, it's the sole reason this man quit being one of the most ruthless and feared generals of all of the Fire Nation is because he lost his son. His fucking son. And it completely flipped and changed him. It showed how tragic war could be and it made him understand why war was bad and that, you know, they're the, they're the fucking bad guys. <laughs> I, I like how they, um, there was, there was that moment where he's riding on the back of the ostrich horse or whatever whatever they're called. <laughs> the animals um, in this show, man. And uh right, um the <laughs> officers from the Earth Kingdom are like Dragon of the West, yeah, right. Um something about retreating and he was like, Yeah, I got tired. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it's, it's 
nice that he kind of just like shrugs it off like man yeah and you it's you want to that's one reason why i love tales of bossing say because like the last time iroh was from walking through those streets of bossing say he was a man a general trying to conquer those streets and fill those streets with terror to be able to rule it and the next time he shows he's but a a humble refugee showing love and giving care to everyone even the motherfucker that tried to mug him he showed him how to properly mug motherfucker yes a proper stance yeah. like got held at knife knife point could have lost his life very easily if the dude knew what he was doing <laughs> and he still showed you. he still showed him love and kindness like it say. goes to show how far of a person iroh has become and shows the complexities and like so much in such a short period of time yeah i was gonna say uh, uncle ben could take some it's notes. You, you gotta bring in the fucking <laughs> no, you gotta bring in the the homelander mean it was perfect everything <laughs> down to the most minute details <laughs> Yes, yeah. Oh, man. All right, uh, Sammy, on to you. How do you feel about book two? What's your overall thoughts on Earth? Book two, uh, honestly, it has one of my favorite moments from the entire series in it, which is when Aang loses Appa, like when he gets taken, and that, that anger. But I feel like book two really deals with a lot of loss, and it shows a lot of different perspectives on loss and how it can affect you differently. Because, like, you sort of, you get a beat, uh, like, a bigger peek, I guess, into Zuko and why he acts the way he does. And, like, you know, he just really wants to go home. And, like, he's lost his home, and that's why he's such a little prick, honestly. And then with Iroh, he lost his son, and he completely mellowed out. And then, you know, like, with, you you just see, like, a lot of different loss and how it affects people differently. And I feel like that was always really interesting to me when I was watching it. Oh, wow, that's a great observation. Actually, I, that's you're totally right about that. Is you're dealing with they are dealing with a lot of loss. Oh boy, there's literally lost episodes. Oh my god, mm-hmm. hit me right in the feels there. All right, uh, oh. let's see, uh, Hector. We can go to you. What's your overall thoughts on book two? Um, I mean, like beautiful follow up to book one. You thought book one was good. Book two is even better. I think um, one of my favorite episodes from two, definitely when they meet Toph. Great moment. Great episode. Um, more more development with Zuko. Love. <sighs> I completely forgot to mention that. that was one thing I was meant to mention is the the development with Zuko. That's it. So that's the whole like that's the whole redemption arc. Is when it starts. Yeah. Yeah. When he starts being nice, kind, just being like a kind person. The moment he cuts that ponytail. And I think this was the book where, um, or it, I don't know if it was this one or Fire, but Iroh begins talking about how there's, you know, there's four elements, but there's a, a unity within the four elements, and he draws a circle with the two-by-two two grid. Beautiful moment. Um, oh, I think yeah. that's in this season, because that's when Zuko wants to learn how to redirect lightning. Yes, and he's yeah. yelling at the sky like a... a oh, yeah, yeah. Like a and that's character. whenever he, yeah, it's whenever he brings up how, uh, channeling lightning and like, that is actually, like the it's... moves and is actually derived from water bending. Yeah. Strike me! Mm-hmm. 
will you strike me? The tales of Bossing say Appa's last days. I mean, these are beautiful episodes. Big, big hit in the feels for both of them. Um, the Guru when Aang goes and finds his uh yes a a teacher. Um, he drinks the banana some some juice. What it's, was it? Banana. Uh, <laughs> it was like banana. Uh, it was something with an O, not orange, but it was like banana grapefruit. No, banana squash. No. Yeah, um, these are all cheesecake you? flavors too. By the way, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> it was something that shouldn't be together. Yeah, it was yeah. like really like weird. Banana garlic. That sounds closer to what it could be. Banana. <laughs> it was something else. It's like a fruit. It was like a. I want to say ostrich egg, but that's that's something different. Um. <laughs> it's like a fruit, an ostrich egg. <laughs> Don't make fun of me. Ostriches are um, I'm gonna look this up now because I'm really interested. Because I, I, it was something weird because Ang kept drinking it too, being a vegan and, or not. Vegan, <laughs> vegetarian, you know? uh, this was also the episode where they were in the crystal cave. Critical moment. He gets zapped in the back. Oh, um, yes. There's also the crystal bending, which is really cool. Um. Uh, just, I'm trying to see if I can find what Iroh says. <laughs> Google says, I put uh, Avatar The Last Airbender, the guru, what did Aang drink? And just popped up Avatar The Last Airbender drinking game. Nice. Oh, it was onion banana. Onion banana. banana. He was, was close with the onion garlic. Onion banana, yeah. I was way you were, off. You were right in saying that it started with an O. Yeah, I remember it with an O, but I don't know why ostrich came to mind. And that's it's different. a fruit. <laughs> ostrich egg. Ah, here's, here's the quote. <clears throat> Sometimes life is like this dark tunnel. You can't always see the light at the end of the tunnel. But if you just keep moving, you will come to a better place. Oh, that was beautiful, dude. I don't want to cry on this. I've never cried on this podcast, and I'm not going to today. So we're gonna ignore. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh no! <laughs> All right. Uh, who else hasn't gone as far as book two goes? Me. Zarya. All right, Zarya. Good. Oh, um, although this isn't my favorite season, it it too it is like the best written in my opinion. Ooh. Um and like the storytelling because it's because like you can break up season two into like different sections because there's the whole finding Toph then there's we found Toph then there's tell the Earth King oh yeah I forgot about the Earth King and so um and so like the storytelling was really really I really love the storytelling um with this one my favorite character well though she was introduced at the end of season one we met her like well though we saw her like we first saw her season at the end of season one like the last frame of season one we got to like meet her in this season and so um my yeah that's my girl i'll go i'll go more into detail about her when we talk about the season but overall yeah it's really good it's it's really well written uh, really great storytelling. Um, I liked. I liked how uh, the characters did change from themselves in season one, and yeah, as a, like uh, Hector said, it's a great follow up to the first season. 
All right. Yeah, I agree with all of you guys. Like I said at the top, book two is definitely my favorite of the season. And I do think you hit it right there, Zarya. It's just the storytelling in this one and the way it's written really got to me. And me, I like to think of myself as a, a writer-centric person. I also, I just, I, I also do love the fact that you can separate it into different sections because me being a fan of genre, a lot of the a lot of these episodes do borrow from other genres. So you know, Opus Lost Days are kind of like a, a honestly, I got a lot of Dumbo off of it. Like if you watch Dumbo, it's less happy. It's really sad. It's a sad story <laughs> of Dumbo, but like it's it's a lot of like similarities are there with the whole uh, going to the circus and then being sold off again and then being muzzled and so it. Everything with uh, Toph is great. I just, I love how she's introduced, and I just kind of get to see where uh, pro bending might have come from because she's fighting all these underground tournaments, and I I really do love the fact that she displays her power in front of her dad, and her dad is like, oh, "I'm gonna lock you up now. <laughs> you're gonna you're never going anywhere ever again." Uh, Toph is a great character. I love book two a lot overall. Um, um, Zuka like tells the bossing say. It's a vignette uh, anthology style episode. You can tell by the editing of it, but everyone gets a little side story. Uh, everything with Toph was really cool. Um, Aang in this one, like I said, Aang, I feel like, I don't think, I want to say Aang gets a back seat, but I feel like a lot of other characters get a lot more expansion while we're kind of just sitting with Aang until the very end. Um, Aang is a lot more gung-ho. He's a lot more res remorseful in this season, but I do love the fact that his emotions are all over the place and we get to see that in full form when he does lose Appa. Um the library I think it's my favorite episode of the entire series. Ooh. I think so good. I do love the giant owl person, owl spirit person who was like, "All right, I'll let you in, but you have to promise you're not going to do anything bad." And then like, "Yeah, sure." And then immediately they're like, "Well, <laughs> we need to stop the Fire Nation." He's like, "Well, what did I just tell you guys? Now I have to kill you." <laughs> Yep. I love the library. I also no, just, like, yeah, go ahead. Was it wasn't his like entire story that he stopped letting people in because they would always take information and go like harm the world or like do some big event like that? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're not going to do that. We genuinely just want to learn. And then immediately they try to steal a scroll. Yeah. <laughs> immediately. And then yeah, they I do love the Easter egg. Uh, Zhao was the last person that was in the the library, so that's why he stopped letting people in. <laughs> what does Zhao go do? Stab a fish. So yeah. Um, so I I didn't take notes as I was going, usually like I usually did because I have a lot of this stuff going on. But um, I do remember I texted Zarya a lot, so this is kind of my notes. But what I told her was that, um, and this is just <laughs> so, so what I told her was that uh, I realized about. Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender is... Well, I'll just read it. Here's what I've realized, and this might be obvious, but Aang's journey in the first seasons. Book one, water is all about change, which, yeah, Aang had to adjust to a lot of change in book one. Also, the, the Fire Nation literally changed the world. Um, and then book two, which I found was interesting, and it's kind of relating back to what Sammy was talking about. I think book two is all about balance, and I really dug that. It also reminded... Again, going into Korra, it does remind me of how Korra mirrored this, but going in the opposite direction. So again, not spoilers, but if you take Aang's journey and put it in reverse, that's basically Korra's journey. And I, I did like that. Um, I said Aang has a real bad habit of lying, which is what I mentioned. Um, and then I went on to talk about other stuff. 
other stuff. But yeah, I think book two is a really good uh, central message about balance. And I do love the episode where we finally get Aang learning earthbending. And I do love the fact that every avatar has that one element they struggle the most with. Like that's a fun detail. And so the fact that Aang had such a hard time learning how to earthbend and stand his ground instead of just leaping all over the place. I, I really like that whole journey and him and uh, Toph kind of just clashing or quoting the show, having a rocky relationship. With, um, so I, I did like that aspect of it. I also like that Toph challenged everybody in the group. She has at least like four arguments with every single character <laughs> in, in this entire series. And I just like she argues with Katara. She argues with Sokka. She makes fun of Aang. She argues with Aang. She fights. You know, she, she I think Zuko's the only person she didn't really like argue with really <laughs> i thought that was pretty fun also one of my favorite pairs toff and iroh like they have a few episodes where they talk to each other and i know she spends an episode with him at some point so i really enjoyed that one uh azula azula is terrifying in this season i i don't really <laughs> like her as much in season three which is i know zarya is probably th throwing a lightning channeling lightning right now but season two Azula was pretty terrifying. I liked her a lot. The way she would just pop up and just like decimate an entire town for no reason. It reminded me a lot of the androids in Dragon Ball. How they would just start it off in Trunks' timeline just destroying shit for no reason. Like That's how that's what I got from her. Um, okay, I think I've talked way too long now. Um, my mouth is getting dry. So that's a sign saying shut up. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to bring up about earth two and then we can go on to fire and then we'll, we're gonna probably end here with the movie i honestly i really like how you can see like the effect of like the fire nation on everywhere else in mm, this book yes. oh yeah the... i feel like they really highlighted a lot oh yeah it's also how big the earth kingdom is like it is a like kingdom like oh, they have a lot of land they do. <laughs> which i guess is makes sense <laughs> Also, a fun moment. Just want to call this out. There's a at some point I think. Oh, this is what I wanted to say. Uh, book two has my favorite finale. I do love the two part of the everything with Bossing Say and just the fight between Zuko and Aang and Katara and Azula and Zuko making that surprising twist turn and you know cha changing sides against Iroh and. I do love that entire fight and Aang being shot with the lightning was had my heart racing and that that is a great fight. I I love that a lot. Um again Katara with the water bending is like I would she does some really incredible stuff. Uh the animation in this season is also really good. I know you guys mentioned the writing was a step up, but I think the animation is really good in this season as well. All right, um is that everything? Uh, I want to I do want to highlight um Azula, because her original task was to retrieve her brother and uncle as prisoners. Oh, yes. <laughs> that girl conquered. Yes. She co Bossing, the conqueror of Bossing say was a side quest. <laughs> to form a coup was a side quest. Everything else she did but that was not retrieving her uncle and brother was a side quest and she completed it. Right. <laughs> you know, she would have been the absolute best character if she wasn't so unhinged. <laughs> That's what she makes so her Yo, she in my heart she is the best character. I don't care. She oh, is no, my, she just... that is my girl because like 
You are 15 and you conquered boxing. Oh, Your young. uncle couldn't even do that. Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, she lost a cousin and everything. And then she was just like, you know, she I'm on this approval mission, but this is in my way. Someone just go ahead and knock it down while I'm here. Man. And she did it by intimidation because, like, her uncle did it by force and didn't work. She was like, let me do some mental work and get my way there. And it's beautiful. Just. I love the way she did it too. Cause like, and this is, this is kind of why I think Azula is very terrifying in book two. Cause Long Fang is a, is a character I really liked. Like he was a good villain and him and the daily. Yeah. And the fact that it took her half an episode, which was like half a day to just <laughs> like decimate their entire forces and just like put them under her control and throw him in jail. And then we're still having this stuff with jet going on. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Azula, what did you it took them to the Fire Nation with her? Yes. <laughs> the Dai Li are such I don't know if the, I don't know if Azula is that smart or the Dai Li is just that weak because she had them in the in the palm of her hand and under like an afternoon. Like that's well, how she really was just like, let me grab all my girls. Yeah, she's <laughs> She was like, I got an entourage now. Excuse me? I'm so what? Oh, and it's like I conquered an entire kingdom. I'm sorry, what? She was really that girl. Didn't break a sweat. No. Oh yeah. I also like the fight with uh with her and Aang on the like the little drill outside of the city. Like that was a nice little like Yeah. And also, honestly, her voice actor had rent due or something because she put in that work. We love Gray Delisle, and she's in so much. She's such an amazing voice actor. Yes, yes, yes. Love her. I recognize her most for Daphne because I'm a huge Scooby Doo guy, so she does most of the voice for her. I recognize her most for Vicky in Tootie. Oh, she does that in Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah. Oh wow, that's. I didn't know that. That makes a lot of sense. Now. I believe she. No, 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 no. I think that's Tara Strong. Yeah, I think that's Tara Strong. I was gonna say I thought she did the voice for Poo Poo, but yeah, no, that's. Uh, no, that's Tara. Yeah, that's Tara. <laughs> I love Tara Strong. Also very talented. Yes, also, yes. my girl. We love. Have we brought up the voice acting in the series? Actually, I mean, we're gonna move over to Fire now, but. Just a quick side thing. The voice acting in this show is great. Like Dante Bosco as Zuko, he had, oh he, dude, Dante Bosco. Man, I think so it good. was Serena Williams voice the character. Yeah, there's a lot of people in this show. Like I know, um, there's another guy in here somewhere. I don't know, like I said, Will Wheaton is in here somewhere, but he's <laughs> there's a lot of voices that pop up in this series. Um, there you was, got Luke Skywalker as the Fire Lord. Man, being the most evil dude you can, and he just gets like a couple flashes. Oh yeah, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Oh man, I love how you can still kind of recognize their voice, but it's still the yeah. character as well. Like that's what I jumped out to me specifically with Ozai. Um, Ozai, um, his voice is kind of similar to the voice he used to uh, play Joker in one of the Batman series. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's like a lower pitched, a lot slower, but um yeah. All right. Um let's move over to book three, Fire. My favorite season. The epic finale.
All I want now is to play my part in ending this war. And I know my destiny is to help you restore balance to the world. Book three. This one, Zarya, I'm going to let you start since, since this is your favorite season. Overall thoughts on book three? It was cool. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm so kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Like you said, epic conclusion to um, close out the series. Um, the way it ended, it was... Yeah, the way it ended was so good. Like you still know there was more love, but you had but it was like a great closing to this portion of Aang's story. Like it was a it was it yeah, it concluded very nicely. That last Agni Kai. Mm, beautiful. beautiful. Visually so beautiful. Um like just in like the kind of the conclusion to like Azula's story with this like with this segment of the of last airbender like just to see her from season two ending season three it was it's then it yourself is this strong person but what was that what were you hiding behind like that um like all of that intimidation and whatnot because if you notice anytime like she walked past the mirror she did not look at it. She did not look at her reflection until that until that mirror scene um, when her mom showed up. Mm, yes, pulling the and, old Willem Dafoe and Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then backtracking the season uh, to my favorite episode, which is the Fire Lord and the Avatar, which goes back to talking about like how this war started yes. and the story. And to hear Sozin and um, Roku 
tell the tell the story, like tell the account of events side by side as Rizuko was reading from his grandfather, um, and Roku was talking to Aang. Like that story is so. Um, I love that. I love that episode. And because I remember us talking about it, because you were like, he could have did this very early on, but I think it was. I think that episode was placed perfectly where it needed to be because maybe Roku and I, like I told you, like I think Roku saw that um, that Roku saw Aang kind of going, like kind of taking it how he was kind of approaching this um, very kind of passive and like more reactive than being on the offense. And so he told Aang this to be like, hey, be on the offense. Don't do what I did and play defensively. Uh, Sammy. Book three, and then after you're done with book three, just give an overall recommend on these series. On the series? Uh, like, the series or the movie? Because I know that I saw that in your notes for the movie. Okay, yeah. Uh, okay, number one, just start off with book three. What's your overall thoughts on book three? Fire. I really, honestly, I really like the way that it tied it all together. I really like the showdown between um, the Fire Lord and Aang. I just... the seeing him use all the elements at once in the way that they all coexisted and the way they worked together to defeat Ozai was just really, really cool to me. And then just seeing just the way that everyone developed and the way that everything was tied off and ended and the way it all settled was really, really interesting. Because you you you, you do think about like, yeah, we want to get out of this situation and like you think about the big battle, but Seeing the after effects of it as well was just really nice because I know a lot of shows that just end with a big battle like, yeah, we've won. You never see anything that happens after it. Yes. You know, so that, that was just really cool to me. And I absolutely would recommend it. I recommend it to people all the time. All right. All right. And so any quick thoughts on the movie? <laughs> I absolutely do. It makes me so mad. The main thing I want to say that makes me mad is. One who, like, the actors that they chose to play specific characters, you know, the fact that they could have taken the time to look for ethnic actors, and they failed on that. And then also, just the way they glossed over Katara, like, her, like, that scene where she's showing off, I guess, you know, trying to get, convince the guy to teach her, to train her, to waterbend, like, showing off how just how well she is already and trying to well yeah trying to convince him to help her the fact that they just gloss over that and they make her seem so much weaker than she is and they just skip over so many details and things that they could have put into the movie it just angers me on a spiritual level yes i agree with that i absolutely hate it <laughs> they just kind of have her stand oh there during that entire like interaction she's just standing across the the, the field or whatever she literally she lifts water out of one singular bucket and does something with it, and that makes me so mad because in the you know in the show she she moves water all around her and they're all impressed with the fact that she's so angry that she moved everything with the power for bending and he's like you know what fuck it I'm gonna teach you you know yeah. let's let's ignore the rules I'm gonna teach the first woman ever and she's like great let's get it. But in the movie, that didn't happen, and it made me so mad. I love Paco because he was like, "Yeah, not only will I train you, but I think I'm gonna go ahead and bang your grandma too." <laughs> oh my fucking grandpaku! Yes, he hated that. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, Sammy, thank you so much for joining us. It was so fun having you on. It was so fun. Don't be a stranger. Yes, definitely. I was like, I, you You said you were talking about uh, you, you were going to get into X-Men later, right? Yes, we're starting uh, X-Men as of this recording this week. Oh, Okay. All right, heard. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll text you about what we're going, what we're doing with X Men. For sure. Well, I'll see you. Easy. Have a good night. Nice to meet you. All right. So, uh, book three, fire, and then after this, we'll we'll spend a few minutes on the movie, and then I'll let you guys go. So, Solo, do you want to go next here on uh, book three? Yeah. Uh, book three. I think it was a really a really well written end of story full uh, full circle season they tied up a lot of loose ends they gave a lot of backstory um some of the greater episodes in the whole series are in this season specifically the one that zarya was talking about which is one of my favorites um we're both forgetting the two sides of their story at the same time um which is also like us seeing uh like the past life of Roku. And like I always thought that was pretty dope. Another one of my favorites from that see from that season, uh the fucking the final battle, like you this you j- oh. you can't help but love that final battle. That's one of the greatest final battles in in a in a uh cartoon like that in a long time. Like that that final battle was so good. The fight between him and the Fire Lord that we've been anticipating for so long did not let down. And especially to have one of the greatest people to be voicing Fire Lord Ozai, oh yeah. It did not let down. But, uh, I love Book 3. I think it is it's hard for me to place it because for me, book two is my favorite, and it's hard to, like, one and three, like, shared, I think, both share second place for me. It's hard for me to put one over the other. Uh, but I, I love seeing the development in book three and seeing Zuko finally become part of the team as he comes full circle with who he really is. Um, especially the dynamic, like like traits and shit that he had in him like the the fact that he actually is also the fucking great grandson of Avatar Roku. Yes. That's just crazy. Bad. That's one of the biggest fucking reveals of all time. Like that's insane. That like he's got blood from both sides. Yeah. It took me so long to get. Which is what why he struggled so hard and going back and forth. Of being good and, and bad because he has both good and bad in him. What were you saying, Hector? I, you kind of cut off for me. Oh, it just took me a while to to fully understand that. Oh yeah, that <laughs> my mouth was open for that entire episode. I was like, "Excuse me, what?" <laughs> but yeah, man, that's great. All right, uh, Hector, want to give your thoughts on book three? I I'm absolutely in love with book three. I love how they're in the outfits of the Fire Nation. Yes. You know, kind of gives more of the Aang has hair. <laughs> Crazy. 
Good to see Fire Nation life. The bloodbending. Um, That's when we have bloodbending, the firebending masters, the dragons. That was beautiful. Ember Island. Really interesting. Yes. Um, I And then that very last episode when he's in his wind sphere with fire, the ring of fire, the ring of water, and the ring of earth. Horde. Horde. <laughs> And then Fire Lord, fucking, he has the, uh, he has, he has like a star formation. So he's like breathing out. And then he has fire coming out of his limbs. Super dope looking. Um, I love when Toph is like, whoa, that's a lot of fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like looking out the window of the blimp. And she's just, she's just like feeling the heat, not even like seeing it, but just feeling it. Crazy. Um, but you know, it, it, I don't know if I could say it's like, because I want to say it's my favorite, but then I also want to say like two has a lot of my favorite episodes. Two, yeah. So I mean, but man, if if I would maybe put book three like a point point two points above book two, just because it's what everything has been leading up to, you know? Yeah. Oh boy! Oh boy! Yes, book three I really liked. Uh, I didn't I didn't like it as much. Or I'll say this: it didn't impact me as much as uh book two did. But book three probably has the same amount of like good episodes in it. I really love the first half before we get to the final battle and everything. Where, like you were saying, uh, the 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 uh Sokka gets a master. We get the space rock, <laughs> the space sword. Uh, you know, Katara and her whole like blood bending thing, but also I really like the the painted lady episode where she's pretty much trying to save an entire town. Aang with hair, I like the episode where Aang goes to school and <laughs> then Sokka and Katara has to dress up as his parents to get him out because Girl, he's <laughs> him is fire. Yeah, <laughs> Hotman, Hotman, hello, Hotman. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, uh, what else was in there? Uh, like I said, I really do like the episode where Zuko and Azula and Mai and uh, is it dang May and May, May and uh, Tylee they all go to that uh, that vacation island and they again just teen angst everywhere. I do love the I do like the relationship between Zuko and May. Like the whole <laughs> like emo like they remind me of the, like you know the the weird couple that would like sit on each other and just like growl at you if you got near them like that's what the energy they were giving off <laughs> of that episode i like the little therapy session they all had at the campfire yes. it was they had that therapy session and then wrecked havoc on that party <laughs> like, i'm healed enough beautiful. let's go do this Again, that's them playing with genre. I, I liked it because uh, it's very Breakfast Club. And yeah, like Azula trying to be flirtatious and coming off as a dictator still. <laughs> but honestly, though, I would be like, yes, ma'am. Yes. Together we could rule the world. Yeah. Yes. He's like, uh, okay. Oh, my God. But yeah, book three is pretty good. I do, I do agree, Solo. Like the final battle between Aang and really all of the final battles. You know, it's very Star Wars, very Return of the Jedi. You got the air battle or uh, with Zaka, Suki, and Toph, and you got the land battle with Zuko and uh, Katara and Azula, and then you have the main battle 
with um with Aang and Ozai, and also on the side you got the White Lotus just just wrecking shop, man. They they were like, oh, we're saving the day, and they all were. I love how they were all working together. Um, even John John coming back was like, oh my god, I forgot about him. <laughs> um, but I really do love the battle between Ozai and Aang, and just how like Aang just kind of gets reset. He gets a reset button on his back, so that was cool. <laughs> he gets pushed into the rock, and then oop, there goes the Avatar state. Um, it, I honestly think that final battle should go down in history as one of the best battles ever between Ozai and Aang. Like that deserves to be up there with like Rock Lee versus Gara, Sasuke versus Naruto's like final battle before Sasuke goes off. And uh, I would have even put it up there with like Goku and Vegeta's first battle. Uh, the fight between uh Roy Mustang and Envy, like their final standoff. Uh. Like that was that was some good like action and some good animation going on. I do love the moment where Katara figures out how to just cage <laughs> Azula and she just goes nuts. She just goes feral <laughs> and just starts spitting, literally spitting fire into the air. Um, but yeah, it, it, book three is good. Good. I don't really have a a thing about it. I think book three is just taking me a little longer to, because I just finished watching it. It's taking me a little longer to process, which is why I can't think of like a central theme for it. But I do think the episodes where uh, Zuko is joining the the squad, like they were funny episodes, but they were all kind of just standing around for a little bit. But it's a lot of character development. So I think that's where it kind of lost me a bit as far as like engagement, because at that point, we're just literally counting down the days of, of Sozin's Comet. And so we're just waiting for Angular and Firebending. Although, go, backing up, av- the, the episode where Sozin... Where we get the story of Sozin and uh, Roku. I just, I, I really like that episode. It's not my favorite, but like, it's a good episode because I just, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that Roku and Sozin were secret lovers. Like that, it was giving me "Call Me by Your Name" energy. So I was, like, <laughs> love that movie. So I, I'm, I'm, I, I subscribe to that because that right there was either they, if they weren't brothers, there was something else going on there. Um, but yeah, there is, I, I liked book three a lot. It was, it's a really good season and it's a really good wrap up and I, it's, it's great. I do like the outfits a lot better in this one. That's the last thing I'll say, because I'm not a big fan of Aang's like, a like OG outfit that he go- wears throughout the series. But when he goes into this like monk turban thing, uh, with the, where he shaves his head and then he has like the orange, like shirt, half shirt thing going on with the poofy pants. I, I, I really love that, uh, that outfit he has and. I like Katara's final outfit where she lets her hair down and Sokka's like war. I do love the water tribes, like war outfits, like the, the wolf thing going on. Yeah. Pretty yeah. cool. Need me a little, Hard. need me a little hat. Hard. Need me, need me that hat. Need that. Welp. Do you want to talk about the last day render of the movie? <laughs> there is no movie in Boxing Sight. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. I will well. really quick about, are we getting into the movie? So yeah. We're going to head into the movie real quick. You are the last of your kind. All that remains of a once powerful nation. I knew you were real. I always knew you returned. 
are the only one who can bring balance to a world at war. But some will stop at nothing to destroy you. Your destinies are tied, Zuko. Started a rebellion. He will need you. And we all need him. Just, I will actually be piecing out. I'm actually pretty tired. Gotcha. I totally understand. Just uh, bu- 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 okay. Solo, before you leave, just give us your overall uh uh recommend for the series. One hundred percent recommend this series. I love it. I it goes beyond just a show for me. It is childhood. It is nostalgia. It is um a great rewatch, no matter what. A binge-worthy show. Um, I'll always recommend it to people. I do recommend it to people all the time who haven't watched it. And if you have, go back and rewatch it. It's always a good rewatch. There's always little things that, like, once you finish a series, going back and, like, knowing everything, you know, just seeing where everything fits together is nice. Um, but, yeah, I 100% recommend the show. Can't say the same thing for the movie. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Solo. It was great having you back on, bud. It's been a while. Appreciate it. It was great being back. All right. Lots of good discussions. Have a good night, dude. Good night, man. Y'all take it easy. You too. Uh, what were we gonna say, Zarya? The movie is. I yeah no, the movie is bad. <laughs> All right, guys, we have reached the end of the show here. We're gonna spend the last couple of minutes talking about the movie adaptation of Avatar: The Last Airbender. The Last Airbender. Oh wow. Um it came out in 2010. Uh it was released July 30th of 2010. Uh re- written and directed by M Night Shyamalan based on Avatar the Last Airbender. The film stars Noah Ringer, Dev Patel, Nicola Peltz, Jackson Rathbone, Sean Toome, Asif Manvi, and Cliff Clifford and the plot goes as such the four nations of air water earth and fire have lived in harmony until the fire nation declared war a century later there is still no end in sight to the destruction then an avatar named ong discovers that he has the power to control all four elements he joins forces with katara a waterbender and her brother soka to resolve to restore balance and harmony to their world the film's budget was 150 million dollars Okay, uh, and uh, the box office was three hundred and three hundred nineteen point seven million. Oh boy! All right, uh, this infamous movie. <laughs> Zarya, do you want to kick off of your? Do you, I don't even know where do we begin? Where do we begin? Do you have any thoughts about this movie? If so, do you have any memory of when this came out? Okay, so I remember the promotion of it because like Nickelodeon promoted like really like promoted it yes 
because uh, I remember like in between like TV shows, like the small interviews about it, um, the longer interviews about it, the um, like the behind some of the behind the scenes stuff. Like I remember the whole, I remember the whole uh, promotion for it, and I vaguely remember seeing it. Um, and then like a couple of years after, like it like failed, it came on Netflix, and I remember me and my sister watching it and just trashing it. <laughs> cause, cause, like, cause, like, honestly, if if they didn't mess up the small and obvious things, he could have gotten away with some other things, like the casting. He couldn't have gotten away with that. Like, he really should have done some research. Yeah. Uh, the casting, yeah, uh, kind of iffy, but like, it was just like certain changes that he made that I think changes should have been made elsewhere. Cause like, yeah, you can't fully adapt like a TV show. Like some changes have to be made, but the changes he chose to make were the wrong ones. Like as small as like even the pronunciation of Aang's name. And then <laughs> Sokka's character, I have a really big issue with because he wasn't funny. He wasn't like, he wasn't Sokka. And like, that was my, like, that was really my biggest issue. And then some of, like, the bending styles, like, um, I don't know if you remember, like, this one scene, like, the uh, with the airbenders in the, were they in the prison? They did all that movement to not even move a big rock. It was, like, yeah, very, sme- very medium-sized rock. Oh, man, that was a huge problem with it. They would do all these moves, yeah. and then the tiniest pedal, pebble would move, <laughs> the tiniest fire would come out yeah there would be a splash of water i'm like and, it, and, it's, and it's not real time so it's like it's like they're charging up a move but the move doesn't really get charged up yeah. so it's, it's like the the ability itself is lagging <laughs> right yeah, right oh man i guess that leads us to you heck well sorry did you have anything else you want to bring up I'm good. All right, Hector. Overall thoughts on the movie? Do you remember when this came out? What, what's what was your mindset uh, like? I remember when the movie came out. I mean, I was I was what, like twelve, probably. Yeah, twenty ten. The... I gave it a I gave it a watch, and honestly, it was it was just disappointing. It was just disappointing, lackluster disappointing rushed yes um uh, but yeah, not canon <laughs> problem uh cgi was terrible um yeah so there was there was a lot of problems with with the movie was it cool sure yeah kind of barely I don't know. It doesn't save it a lot of points. Yeah. The, fa- the fact that maybe it was cool as like a conceptually only only saves it from not being a three. Ooh, yeah, I guess. And it's not even its own concept. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's an adaptation. So really, you're just writing on already established clout. So. All right. 
man, I I don't I don't not disagree because <laughs> you are you guys are both right. I remember this movie coming out. I just I mean I talked about it at the beginning of the podcast, but like I was super hyped for this movie. I was obsessed. I was like to the point where like after I saw the originals teaser trailer in theaters i went home and every day i would go home and i would just check up and see if there was any news any set photos youtube reports and this is kind of how i got into like movie news and that would led me into getting into podcasting and so yeah like a lot of i was just really hyped for this movie like i remember when they launched the website you could log on to the the little or you didn't log on but you can go to the website see what bender you are by putting in your birthday i was an airbender because my birthday was in april so spring they would just do it that way and uh you could like look at set photos i i did buy toys for this movie that's how deep i was <laughs> i had an appa action figure and then i had an ang and then i had a Sokka, and i couldn't find katara or zuko but that's back when toys r us was a thing um i did have those i don't know where those went honestly they're probably in a landfill somewhere <laughs> um but man oh man yeah uh this movie watching it again like i said i was gonna watch it for this podcast got 30 minutes in and said well i'm gonna just not <laughs> and here's the I really <laughs> yeah <laughs> here's the thing for me i really like m night Shyamalan. i do think he is for better or for worse the guy is that he makes interesting filmmaking choices and so for this to be one of his films kind of sad saddens me because you can tell he did not want to do this. I mean, he it didn't feel like he had any stake in this movie at all. This feels a hundred percent like, hey, I okay. The the original the, the story of why he did this movie is because his daughter, which he does anything for, and it affects his movies. If you know, if you've seen Lady in the Water, that is that was for his kids. Uh, the guy really loves his kids a lot, and so his daughter wanted to dress up as Katara for one Halloween. And you know, they're not just hanging up Avatar Last Airbender costumes in the shops. She had to make it. She had. They had to make the costume, and so he got really interested into why she was obsessed with the show. They sat down. He watched a couple episodes. It was said this will make a really good live action movie. From that day, from then forward, you know, at this point, M Night Shyamalan is still kind of like banned from Hollywood. Like he's still, <laughs> no one really, no one's forgiven him for the happening yet. You know, with Mark Wahlberg, uh, which is, I would argue, a much more entertaining movie, despite how even worse it is. But uh, that's the thing. Like this movie, it's not as visually unappealing and bad as the happening, but the happening is still funny because of how bad it is. And it's not as like boring as like, in my opinion, I don't like signs and I think signs is pretty boring and scary, but like, you know, it's, and it's not as boring as like after earth. Like, I think after earth is still like, I fall asleep thinking about the movie, but like last airbender is just as bad, but it's still visually appealing if that makes sense, like you can take all of the movies that are considered bad from M. Night Shyamalan, Last Airbender is at least above most of them. <laughs> but also, it's like a, uh, but still, this is, I think this is a bad adaptation because I think visually he had a really, he got good points. Like me defending him as a filmmaker, he had adapted some of the elements visually really well i do love the fact that ang's arrow is like a bunch of patterns 
put together to make the arrow like it looks like an actual tattoo instead of just a giant blue streak of what a lot of cosplayers do. <laughs> it's just a giant blue paint across your, their body. I do like the fact that he added more of like symbolism to the arrow, especially when it glows. I do think that aside, from, Noah Ringer is really bad in this movie. <laughs> He's not an actor. He, I think he only did one other thing before this movie or even after. And He's he's mostly a martial artist, and he sent in a, a tape, shaved his head, and everybody was like, "Okay, well, that's the kid, that's the avatar now." Um, I do agree with you, Zarya. The changing of the names were unnecessary. Don't know why he did it. He has an interview somewhere where he says he wanted to, he wanted to make sure it sounded more authentically Asian, and that he felt that he could do that because technically he is Asian, being of Indian descent. Um, I guess that makes sense <laughs> somehow, somewhere, you know, somebody can subscribe to that um th i don't like the changing of the names a ong sounds stupid sock soka why he sounds like a water gun um i think dev patel no oh, go ahead ong ong yeah <laughs> what kills me is that like ah oh, man so the editing in this movie is horrible rewatch just watching the first 30 minutes Katara gives four different monologues explaining what the movie's about back to back. She does the opening scroll, and then it starts after the opening scroll. It starts with that scene with her and Sokka. I'm gonna call him Sokka. It was Sokka discovering in you know she's doing the little water bending thing. Right after that, she gives another monologue explaining of what just happened, and then there's Ong, and she'll see literally says. Ong showed us where the uh the, the where he was from the air temple, and then right after she says that in voiceover, she goes. Uh, Ong turns around and says, "Hi, my name is Ong." I'm sorry, what? <laughs> you you didn't introduce yourself back at the camp at the the water place. You're just now telling them your name. <laughs> it's the editing is so bad in this movie, and the the acting is very bad as well, and it kills me because I think. Some of, except for Noah Ringer, who I I don't want to rag on him too much because he's not an actor, but like this is who you picked to play Aang. He looks the part. I give you that, but he he already sounds like he's gone through puberty, so he doesn't really have the youthful voice to him. And honestly, he looks like an albino like naked mole rat. If there's albino naked mole rats, but you know, again, he 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 gives off that energy. The guy has no lips. He has one giant hole where his mouth should be, and he's got buck teeth, so it's like, this is who you picked to play, Aang? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Noah Ringer, if you're you're not listening to this. Anywho, uh, Nicola Pelt, I think she's giving it her all. It's just not good. <laughs> she's d stuck with good delivering exposition and monologues, and I hate it. Uh, but I, I like the actress because she gets better. She has gotten better. I hope people have paid attention to stuff she's done since. Not Transformers, though. Not not Transformers. But she's in Bates Motel. She has a great role in Bates Motel as one of the... I mean, spoiler alert, but she's one, She's supposed to be one of the the first couple of victims of the hotel, of the motel, I'll say. And uh, if you know your psycho lore. So she has a very important role in that show, and she's good. She's gotten better as an actress. Um, again, just ignore Transformers. Or what, she's in one of those Transformers movies. Um, Jackson Rathbone. I liked him in Twilight. 
I like the memes. I like the the Jasper memes. Oh my gosh, he is Jasper. Yep, uh, co- colonial racist vampire <laughs> who can feel things. But uh, I think that's his power. He can feel things. <laughs> He's not very good in this movie. Uh, I think he he feels like everyone. He does feel miscast. He's not funny, but I get why because that's the the tone they're going for is very Lord of the Rings. Like they're going for, but Lord of the Rings has its whimsical moments. But here they're very it's 2010. So we're still like we're changing still like we're still in that like we're not doing the CW style acting anymore. But, you know, we're kind of making sure we're post Inception or the Inception will come out the same year. So we're kind of like everyone's kind of trying to be a super spy in this era. Like everyone's very, very squinty eyed like this is post taken. And so everyone's trying to be Liam Neeson. That's kind of where this acting style is coming from. Um, I get that, but he still could have like smiled. Yeah, <laughs> he he still could have like even in his like it could have been like subtle sarcasm. True. Yeah. Like I could have you could have got like a like a subtle like even because like Sokka, Sokka just says funny things and even like his sarcasm when he's completely serious it it gets a chuckle out it gets a chuckle out of me. <laughs> I at least wanted to chuckle at something Sokka said. Soka. <laughs> Soka was just older brother mode the whole movie. Yeah. He's yeah, Jackson or Athbone. He's I don't I don't think I've seen him in much any after this either. He probably was not feeling it. I feel like he did this movie because he wanted to work with M. Night Shyamalan. Like that's that's probably. the energy he gives. Like his agent was like, Hey, you know that kid that kid show? I was like, Yeah, I just just Twilight. Let me just do, I I like it, you know, M. Night Shyamalan's a notable name. Um, I think Dev Patel though. I think he's the best cast. He's he's perfect as Zuko. I just wish that M Knight would have focused on Zuko at all. <laughs> it, which is weird because M like if M Knight Shyamalan could relate to anybody, it is definitely Zuko. Because if you watch M Knight Shyamalan movies, and you know we've seen a couple, but like the whole thing with M Knight Shyamalan is about you know transforming a person and dealing with the themes of redemption through belief through through wisdom and through faith like M.I. Shyamalan really loves putting things into faith and if there's two characters you can do that with that's definitely uh Iroh and Zuko or in this movie Iro for some odd reason um and I think De Patel makes a really good Zuko he just was not directed very well but he's got the the voice down he's got the posture I think he could be a little bit more intense a little bit more emotive, but if you're working with M. Night Shyamalan, emotion gives away the twist. But the thing is, this movie doesn't have a twist, so it, again, M. Night Shyamalan just fundamentally clashes with this concept, which is just kind of tough to deal with. Um, I, I went in trying to defend this movie, and I realized I'm just going over things I don't like. <laughs> uh, anything you guys want to bring up uh, at all? Uh, I yeah, I have one thing I want to say, and then after that, we can go ahead and end, because there's not really much more to this movie. Yeah. I will say, Iroh, in this movie, oh, that was that that was a very fine older man. Salt and pepper hair, yeah. Beautiful <laughs> cast for Iroh. Yeah. I do like the Fire Nation has dreads. I thought that was a cool little... Like, visually, the movie, like, M. Night has some... He could have been, a, like... M. Night Shyamalan should have been, like, a creative producer like a main producer on the movie help like shape it and they should have had someone else like direct it like i feel like if they had another person 
directing this movie, it could be a lot better. But just have M. Night Shyamalan give like, you know, approval of what the art style is. I think he get they get a lot of the arts like the Fire Nation ships look pretty spot on. Like there's a Appa looks pretty good. Momo looks pretty good. You know, CGI of 2010 aside. But like, yeah, it, there's some visual stuff that's pretty good. I think the air bending is great. It's the only bending that works because <laughs> everyone else is pretty like you were saying earlier, Hector. It's just it's just lagging and, and stupid. It takes 10 people to move a pebble. <laughs> I do remember it was just weird to me how like they got so shocked. When Iroh fire bent with no fire, they were like, he's bending without no fire, Nero. I was like, ain't that how fire bending works? They yeah. used to don't have like, a fire pit <laughs> near them or they don't carry a torch or matches. That is a change that makes absolutely no sense at all. Because, like, <laughs> I don't know why he, I guess he tried to, like, level the playing field for the benders because all the other benders elements are literally at their hand. And so how does the, but if the firebenders need something to bend from, like, kind of like how, um, um, what's his name from X-Men? Is, they're they're kind of treating him like, uh, not Hotshot. What's his name? Um, 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 dang. No, I had him. I was because I got to talk about this character next time. I can't remember his name. Basically, the guy from X Men who can manipulate fire, but he can't create it. Like that's his thing. And so I get that, but like, how did they take over if they have to if they can't create their own fire? Because you think that the the solution to this would be like, well, just take out the pit literally drop some water or some dirt on it and they are powerless so huh and then the so Iroh doing the, the fire thing was cool but also it's like well if he can do this and the comet's not even here yet they do mention Sozin's comet what's the point like is he just have unlimited chi like is that what we're doing here is it sit ups I don't like that I don't like that change at all when it comes to the firebenders. Like, oh, they can't create their own fire. Then they are so easily defeated. Yeah. So how did they rule? How did they conquer half the nations? I guess because it takes the earthbenders so long to prep a move. That's probably how they... (laughs) All right. Um, With that being said, I'm pretty sure... I, I think it's safe to assume that none of us recommend this movie. Oh, no. What movie are we even talking about? I don't want to forget it. I do like reminding people that this movie exists because, again, if there's some things that we can learn from, we should learn. We should learn from our mistakes. We should learn to open up our chakras, as as the original series would say. And this is a part of that. I mean, at least this is what the live action adaptation show has to like live up to. Which is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I will say it's way better than Dragon Ball Evolution. Like it's way better than that. So yikes! I rather watch Last Airbender. I don't know if that's saying a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if you've rewatched Dragon Ball Evolution. It's saying it, like it's a it's a full letter grade above. If you ask me, <laughs> like you know if what's below an F? If you know if yeah. I would put Dragon Ball Evolution as like a G, and then the Last Airbender is an F. F plus maybe. They did so bad. They need 
create a whole new letter. Oh yeah, no. Uh, Dragon Ball Evolution gives me nosebleeds, and not the best, not the good kind either. It doesn't make you foam at the mouth. <laughs> Excitement. <laughs> nah, I'm foaming because my brain is dead. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me on this bonus podcast. Is I I hope it's not too long, but yeah. Zarya, Hector, great to have you guys back as always. Yes, I'm glad to be back in this episode of all episodes to be back on. Yeah, we finally got it done. We crossed it off the list, Zarya. We've been talking about this for years. Man. Hector, welcome back. It's been so long since I've had you on, dude. It's great hearing your voice again. So long. So tired. Yeah. (laughs) Don't you miss staying up this late in the middle of the week? Oh man! Uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed this little bonus episode, little the supersized bonus episode, I should say. Shout out to Solo and Sammy; they were really great to have on as well. Um, expect more Avatar in the future. We're supposed to be getting a movie and a new series coming out soon. I didn't have enough time to fit all of what's coming up next for this franchise in this episode. But if you, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast this season, you know we cover some new stuff at the top of each episode. So I'll probably talk about it with one of our X Men films, our X Men episodes, which is coming up next. After this, we have the X Men, and I'm super excited to finally talk about my favorite comic book franchise uh, and some of my favorite movies. So with that being said, um, thank you guys again for joining me. Thank you guys for listening. Flamio Hotman. Flamio Hotman. <laughs> That's how we should greet each other for now on. <laughs>